Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. I'm Dave. We're kicking off the new year 2024. Rich is here, and we've got a special guest, Tash, returning. Tash, firstly, how are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm fantastic. I've already started ranting about the technology early in the year. Uh, we're on Discord. Things are flying. Things are moving. Uh, Rich, the main man, what's going on? Oh, 11 days in, and I'm already exhausted. Wow. Oh, yeah. What of? The year? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> 11 days in. I mean, 11 days, and I'm like, oh, I'm done. Yeah. I don't have a lot of enthusiasm left for it anymore. Like, seriously, you know when there was all this end-of-the-world scenarios? I'm just like, let it. I fuck, let it. I don't care. Like, it, it really wouldn't worry me that much. If, if, if they were like, oh, the comet's hitting us tomorrow, it's all going to be over, I'd be like, yeah, well, you know, we had a decent run. Um, do we have to keep going? Like, it's just, it's gotten to that point for me. It's past exhaustion, more into full-on nihilism. Tash, where are you on the comet? Um... Look, I would be sad because there are so many video games and comics to read. Well, that is true, I guess. Deadpool 3 as well. That is one thing that's keeping me going. Seriously. I'm clinging on to this fucking movie like a life raft in the ocean, aren't I, Rich? Really? Yeah, but I mean, if if you're not religious and you don't believe in the afterlife, then what does it matter? You won't exist. I don't care. You can't miss it if you don't exist. True, I guess. (laughs) What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Well, if it all ends, what does it matter if, well, you want if to you've missed something it. or Deadpool 3? Yeah, but, have you, but you haven't missed the experience because you don't exist anymore. No, I want to it's see it. I want to see the fucking movie and then the comic can crash. I don't care after yeah. that. I'm like, after that, I'm like, I've seen it. We've Australia's won the World Cup, let's face it, and our sixth World Cup. So that was when I said I am as happy as I can be with the cricket. We've been thrashing everybody that moves. Um, Deadpool 3 comes out. Hugh Jackman probably wins an Oscar, not that I care about Oscars, and it can end. Like, fuck it. Everyone's like, superhero fatigue. Yeah, yeah, I've got it. I fucking got it. Big time. (laughs) I am living, living to see Jennifer Garner return as Electra. Yeah, that'd be all right. What's that in, that Daredevil show? No, she's going to be in Deadpool 3. Oh, is she? Really? Yeah. That'd be good. That'd be very oh, good. Shit, maybe I'm not. No, that, that rings a distant bell. I, I, I think I'd heard that sort of reported, but I'd forgotten it because that'll be cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. I was like, oh, she's going to be. Yes, yeah, she dead is. Yeah. Although, just, just be careful, though, because they are putting out a ton of fake rumors so that nothing, <laughs> like, so don't forget, like, fake news. He, he's not, he, yeah, he. they are putting out a few sort of, like, herrings and all that just, mm. just to throw people off so that if something gets leaked, people don't know if it's true or not. I will be disappointed. Apparently, the only thing I read, well, the thing I read was that she is returning because they work together on a movie for Netflix. Mm. Um, yeah, okay. Well, oh, was that that Adam one? Yes. Was that the- oh, I watched that. Yeah. It wasn't too bad. Um, I saw that. That was okay. It was terrible. Yeah, it was okay. I mean, it was, it was like a night in, nothing else on. Um, no cricket, yeah. no new shows, put it on five and a half out of ten. There's my review, Rich. 
Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's like if you know you need someone to fill in, kill some uh, time. <laughs> I would say that's the Netflix average. Yeah. yeah, that's actually very true. It's a very average movie. That's so average I can barely remember it. Actually, she played the mum, didn't she? Now that I'm trying to recall, she was the mum in the. Yeah, that's pretty much all she plays these days. That's fair. Actually, she's got a new got movie out. I think it's a movie. I don't think it's a show mm. where she's going to that um, uh, the the body switch route again. Mm. So she was in that. What was it? 30, 13 suddenly going 30. on thirty or something suddenly, like that. Suddenly thirty. Yeah. Yeah, right now. And now there's one where it's her and her husband swap bodies with their two children. Oh. oh. Yeah. Okay. So it's another one of these like body swap, you know, sort of things that she's doing. Something that, like that's that. actually that's actually not a bad concept. Actually, when I hear that, that's not terrible. Well, I mean, we've seen that concept. But we've just never seen both parents sort of. No, it's always I mean, been the like scenario, the mother and the daughter. Or... Yeah, yeah. The scenario, the swapping with the kids. That's actually that's actually a good one. You know, that's a bit. That's one I haven't seen before. You know. To be honest, I would watch most things with her just for her because I think she's brilliant. Yeah, 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 she's good. And, uh, like, I know we're saying, like, you're making a comment, all she gets is the mum. She's still got a pretty good body. I, I saw her the other day in something, and like, it holds up. I mean, if she's going to play Electra, she's going to be in the leathers. Um, I'm, okay, I'm, calm down. I'm, I'm Firstly, getting, she's as hot thirsty. as she's ever been. I'm getting thirsty just thinking about it, basically. And secondly, she, mm. as Electra, was mm. perfection. She just she had great. no good story. Saw the movie in cinemas. Didn't mind it, actually. Saw it in cinemas, I still don't it. hate it. It's not great. Yeah, but... It's not great, but it was fun at the time. Like everyone at the time was like, "Oh, it's so shit." Oh, fuck it. Like, and I was like, "I'm gonna go see this movie." And then I watched it, and I was like, "Okay, I, I feel like I'm supporting the comic book industry by just doing this." You know, um, I was 14, and I thought it was the best ever. It was fun. I, I like. I honestly, in cinemas, thought I understood it wasn't a hit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but I thought yeah. it's much like. It reminds me of in the 90s we had the Shadow and the Phantom. They, they're decent for what they oh, are. Yeah. It's not as good as either of them, but it's in the same genre where you're like, I'm enjoying it. I am, It's all we've got. You know what I mean? Like It's not like there's a lot of other content, whereas now we're just flooded with mediocrity. I would love to see her interact with Ryan Reynolds as Daredevil, uh, Deadpool. Well, you're going to get your wish. Sounds like. I hope so. He put one out. Um, Richard, did you see the one with the Predator? But it was a fake one, I think. Yeah, yeah, he put out a few fake ones with uh, with that because apparently someone was leaking that it was Sabretooth or something. Yeah, that's right, Sabretooth. Man, it's going to be a fucking great movie. Um, all right, Is so... Is played by Aaron Taylor-Johnson? No. No, that's Craven. Oh, yeah. That's, okay. that's the Craven movie, which I'm the only person in the world who's looking forward to it, but I am. I mean... Yeah. I don't think we needed a movie... Like, a movie with oh. Craven... I, would fing, fing, fingers crossed it'll be better than that Spider Woman movie that's coming out. Um, you mean Madam Web? Madam yeah. Web. Yeah. I did. I saw the trailer for the first time not that long ago, and I actually didn't think it looked as bad as everyone thought. Well, I tell you who doesn't look bad. I don't know why bad. they're doing Madam Web though. Why wouldn't you just do Spider Woman? Well, I tell you who. What I'm going to see it for? Sydney Sweeney. Jesus. Oh. Um, oh. No, I uh, feel at Capes of Lunatics because I was I was on I was on Capes of Lunatics uh, a few months ago and I was absolutely giving it to Madam Web movie because I was like, who the fuck wants to see this movie about Madam Web like the ninety year old crone? You know, like like she like she's a shit character even in the comics and you barely used. So why we got a movie? And, and someone said she's not ninety, Dave. It's Sydney Sweeney. And I said, who the hell is that? Because I don't know who these young actresses are. 
and he sent me some pictures, and I was like, wow, I'm in. I'm in yes. big time. Um, I don't mean to make this sound sexist. We've got Tash on the call, obviously, but I was the one who pitched. It's never stopped you before. Interest, no, I'll say this. Rich, I may have mentioned this to you before. Um, interest was low, and I said, you know what they could do to, to really kick interest off? I was going to say 15, a 12-minute lesbian scene to kick it off with uh, Madam Webb and whoever the other character is, Spider-Woman or whatever, and make it real kinky at the start. And I said that would that would put bums on seats, wouldn't it? Like that, That's my idea. What do you think, Tash? It's going to float? Sweet Jesus. No. Is that a no? That's a no. Mm. Well, you know, I'm just trying to breathe life into the superhero franchise. They're always saying, I'll oh, do something daring and different, like get break the formula. I'm, I'm ready to break the fucking formula. Um, Rich, your comments? You've missed a calling, Dave. You should have been in the porn industry. Sure, as a director, with stuff like that. And do you like the way I said 12 minutes? Like it's indulgent at that point. You know? uh, yeah, pretty pretty gratuitous, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you, you, you're not a two minute, not a, not a three minute, you're like, no, let's, let's, actually, you know what, let's do like half the movie. Let's, let's really just go for the full first 45 minutes and then we'll get to the action. <laughs> we'll get to the story. We'll give it a bit of story after that. You really did. You should have been in porn. Look, I've got a lot of ideas like that. Like, it's not always that, like, I just sometimes think, like, I often think audiences are dumber than people realise. Like, if you feed them sex and violence, they will respond. And like, well, you you certainly do respond. I, I respond. So that is, yeah. that is true. But, but when you've I got mean, when, when Spartacus came out, you were like fucking best show ever made. <laughs> I like Spartacus. <laughs> <laughs> I like that show. That's a good show. Um, now, obviously, it's our first show of the year. I want to thank all the listeners who stood by us. We've actually picked up a lot of European listeners in the last couple of months. Um, mm. I want to do a shout out to Greece. Uh, home of the greats, Achilles, Alexander the Great, Agamemnon, um, various other people. Uh, <laughs> Telesavalis uh, had Greek heritage, obviously. Now, we've mm-hmm. got a, a lot of Greek listeners. Also, I want to shout out to Finland. Um, in the northern climes, we are climbing the charts. And um, I'm taking it as I've decided that I've been censoring myself recently, I think, Rich. In the, la- in the latter part of the year, I think I was trying to pc it at times. Um, we had one potential guest... That's, that's, that's news to me. One, pot- one potential guest, quote, said she was too progressive to come on the show. Um, I didn't even know what that meant. I had to look it up. Um, but, yeah. I, am I not progressive enough? I would have thought I'm super progressive. I want to progress. I don't really know what it means. You, you are, you are <laughs> yeah. a strange one, Dave, because you are progressive Thank and you. regressive at the same oh. time. Oh. That's I, so true. I thought I was pretty progressive. Well, I don't even really understand what it means. Is it just me being behind all the causes? Because, like, I'm definitely behind saving animals and stuff. That, that's yeah, but, like, yeah, so, like, for, so, like, your progressiveness is, like, you're like, oh, man, I'm just so pro-LGBT, you yeah, know, yeah. Q+, and all that. You know, I really love lesbian scenes. Yeah. Like, that's that's how you are progressive. <laughs> oh, well. Well, whatever. Um, it's, her, it's her loss. It's her loss. Um, I still challenge her on it, though, because I'm like, you can come on. She's on. I'm too progressive. And I was like... Who, who was it? I can't, I can't name names, Tash. I, uh, oh. on, on Over the airwaves. It was a guest that I'm hopeful of getting on um, again at some... Or hopeful of getting on, actually. Uh, and she's not been on, but I would like to get her on at some point... But, she, um, does, she does understand, though, that we, 
we only have to talk about like the comic books and the characters. We don't. Yeah. We're not here to talk about politics and yeah. whether you're progressive or not. We here just talk about like. Hey, at least world. at least she's listening to even know. <laughs> well, I mean that's what I would say. I mean, look, uh, I, I know people are, in, uh, are they are sort of shaped and informed by this stuff, but sure. that's you know the reason to have people on is to talk about the characters and the work and all that. Like not. You know what I mean? Not to have debates about. Oh, I thought you meant or... they're shaped and informed by our show because I was liking what you were saying there, Rich. I was like, yeah, they're shaped and informed by our by our show by because Tash, do you realise um, we are journalists? Uh, Rich actually admitted we were journalists. Mm, no, you no, said no, we no, were no, journalists. No, 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 you no, said no. I was a journalist. No, 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 you no. did. I am. I am not a journalist, Dave. No, I am. I definitely am. And um, so you're talking to a journalist, Tash. So asking the hard hitting questions. So maybe she thought I was just too hard hitting. Oh, that wouldn't surprise me. You know? I don't think that was it. No. Well, <laughs> anyway, so it's our comeback show. Um, I want to go around the table about what people have been doing. Um, I got Marvel Munchkin as a Christmas present, and I played a round of it with uh, my very reluctant sister and mother and Michelle and myself, and it was a lot of fun. Have either of you guys played uh, Munchkin and Marvel Munchkin in particular? I played um... Munchkin many years ago and didn't fully understand it. Well, Tash, one day you can come around and um, I can teach you in the ways because it's actually pretty easy. Like once you get it, it's a, it follows a a very repeatable formula. It's it's kind of one of those card games that once you pick it up, it's actually sort of super easy. Um, and Marvel Munchkin is fun because it's got all the Marvel characters and all the different buffs and stuff, and you don't need any other packs. You can just have the Marvel Munchkin, although I have ordered the X-Men pack as well, and you just add it, add it to the regular pack, and it just has more X-Men in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pretty cool. Um, Rich, where have you been over the Christmas period? You've kind of been lo-fi, man. Haven't you been working hard, haven't you? I've been working and just pretty much staying off the grid. I haven't done, I haven't been sort of online or on the internet for like three weeks. Right. What are the hits going like? Still doing the hits? You know? Off the, off the grid? Like, is it just cloak and dagger stuff now? Look, listen, you, you, this entrapment that you've been trying for years now... (laughs) To, to get me to admit to something, it just it never works, Dave. Yeah, you're off the grid, man, and I don't like it. I'm I'm all over the fucking grid. Uh, Tash, what about yourself? How have you been? You, you've not been on the show for a long time, but welcome back, and and hopefully, Tash, you can do a few more in 2024. Yeah, there you go. More in 2024. Mm-hmm. There's the campaign slogan. I would love that, especially since my knee surgery is now not for a couple of weeks, so I will have a few more weeks off. Oh, well, there we go. We can try to get you on more. That'd be good. Now, um, and over Christmas, was Santa good to you? Did you pick anything sweet up? You've got this Phoenix thing you've been reading, haven't you? Yeah, I've been reading uh, at work. They have done, well, no, they haven't done, but they got in um, two complete omnibuses, which is just everything Phoenix. And because she's like was one of the first characters and first reasons I ever got into comics, I bought it. Sure. So it's like the complete run of like Dark Phoenix and After. Good. Um, and I'm about two thirds of the way through the first one and like absolutely loving it. I've never read. You like, sent I'd me never pictures read... of Warren Worthington hooking up with her at some point. I don't recall that. When was that? It's not so much that he's hooking up with her, but he's like they see each other for the first time in ages and they kiss each other on the lips oh. to me. And he does it, he does it to make Scott jealous. Oh. Jeepers, creepers, like, very European, the kiss on the lips. 
I'm into that energy, Warren. I'm into it. I'm into. I'm into. I'm very European. If there's any attractive females out there that want to like just kiss me on the lips in a friendly way, I mean, I'm, I'm open to that. You know, like I can. Michelle, Michelle might have some. Objections. She may have some major objections. I just. I don't know. At this point, I don't point. know if Michelle even cares. Yeah, uh, that's a very good point. Uh, both are good points. She either cares or doesn't care at all. <laughs> I think um, she's she's dated you long enough. I'm pretty out. sure she knows exactly who she's Dave is. Burn out completely. But what I love is though he did to make Scott jealous because that is the fun part in that, yeah, in that, that is comment. The fun part, Watching truly. Scott like fucking die inside a little bit, you know, like like his little balls of anger. Probably the best part is um, Wolverine just openly, just like without any sort of like secrecy, just desperately just hooking in. You're making him jealous, just like it's it's great, you know. Because I mean, let's face it, I'm gonna say right now, Scott Summers is easily one of the worst characters. He he sucks the most in X Men, I think. Like, I know he's they've tried to make him a bit more interesting, but I've always found him as interesting as a block of wood. Um, what are your thoughts, Tash, on Cyclops? Um, I like him better back here. Yeah. Then I do sort of in the sort of iterations from when I was a teenager. So what's that? Like early 2000s. Yeah. Because like, yeah, he's a bit of a do-gooder, but he's also got a little bit of an edge. Whereas then he just kind of chucks it all in and ends up with Emma Frost. And ever since then, I've just not respected it. He went for the bad girl in the end. I just hate Emma Frost. I love Emma Frost. I think she was like slumming it with him personally. You know, I think, like I just hate her. I think Why? she's such a bitch. Like, she's a total how can bitch. You follow someone as awesome as Pete as Jean Grey <laughs> with Emma Frost. Emma yeah, Frost anyway. is an out and out bitch, which is why I love her. You know, but she's. I, mean, a I bitch. like that part too, but yeah. and the cuckoos is interesting. Yeah, but, definitely. But like, I just don't understand how someone who's meant to be such a paragon of good and structure, mm. like Scott Summers, goes for fucking Emma Frost. That's a good point. Like, yeah, where, did, where, did, where did it get him? Okay. Like, Jean Grey's dead. Um, you know, uh, Wolverine's always been sniffing around Jean Grey. <laughs> She's dead. He's always done the right thing. It's got him nowhere. He finally decided, fuck it, I'll go for the bad girl. Well, he's had her. It's not like he didn't... It's not like he wasn't, like, fucking fucking her and married to her. Like, he did actually have a rich. Like, <laughs> it's not like he yeah, was... Yeah, but I'm just saying, at this point, I mean, Jean Grey's, Jean Grey's dead. She's off the table. Ah, oh, right. Why? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you'd probably go for someone a bit different. I like, see what you're saying. Yeah. I, I, I doubt you're going to go for someone that's exactly the same as Jean. I didn't realise she was just, dead. I didn't he probably just wanted, dead. like, a clean break and to actually not be reminded of her. And at that point, as I said, he's always been the goody two. She's probably decided, fuck it. Everyone yeah. just mocks me and ridicules me for it. Fuck it, yeah. be a bit of a bad boy. Well, rebound as well. I think that's, like, valid. Mm. My problem is with it is that I think Emma Frost is more interesting when she's a villain rather than trying to be yeah, yeah, half yeah. villain, half leader of the X-Men. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I did yeah. kind of like their relationship because it was so, like, <laughs> difficult. Because he yeah. is a good guy. She is a bitch, and mm. do you know what I mean? The two of them almost try to counterbalance each other. Yeah. Could it, in the in the right whoever's writing it and who's talented could actually make that work well, we, and be entertaining? Okay. If okay. you didn't, then you'd be like, okay, it's just you know, it's a weird combination. So it was a, it was a definitely a, a balancing act of 
of getting it right. But, you know, they had their moments, which were sometimes funny and isn't sometimes she, it was not. Isn't she now married, and I'm not reading it, but I believe I saw she was married to Tony Stark, which I thought was I believe so. bizarre. Um, I saw that. Have you read that comic, Tash? You're sort of more up to date with, like, with the ins and outs. No, I, I, the only Iron Man series I've really read, which we were talking about at lunch the other day, was the Matt Fraction one. Oh, that's good. So, yeah, yeah I, I've not, I tried a couple of others and it, they didn't really get me, so I've not really gone near it. To be honest, I find that more of a interesting partnership because they're both yeah. egotistical. They're both alphas, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know that I'd read it. And that could also be just as boring, though. Hmm. I mean, putting two yeah. alphas together, both of them would just be narcissistic pricks. Could also just be like, God, this is yeah. this is like a narcissism in stereo. Mm. That's yeah. a good point. That's a very, Rich, that's a very, very fucking catchy line that you've come up with this early in the year. Narcissism in stereo. I feel like oh, that's been a description of me over the years at times. But, uh, that's a, that sounds like a Taylor Swift lyric. Yeah, it does. Oh, yeah, Taylor. Um, yeah, that's, you know what, I kind of want to read it if, if the comics weren't so crap right now, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, if only someone good's writing it, and then I go to read it, and I'm just, like, puking. I also know? feel like that kind of came out of nowhere. Like, mm. yes. I don't ever remember them dating or being a thing or no. being a couple. No. All of a sudden, I just remember, oh, they're getting married. And I was just like, wait, what? Were, were yeah. they even, like, dating? Like, is this... Is this a thing? It like, feels like it the just feels algorithm. like it came out of nowhere. It feels like someone was sitting on the computer at, at Marvel and typed in the algorithm. What are two unlikely pairings that we could potentially have marry? And then the computer goes, Emma Frost and Tony Stark. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, great. And it links the X-Men and the Avengers, which they like doing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. a linkage point. It's like, you know, like it does feel oh. very sort of corporate to me. It's written by Jerry Duggan, so it might actually be all right. I do like old Jerry Duggan. I do like old Jerry Duggan. He's a bit of a solid performer, actually. Yeah. That's made me more interested. Well, you know what? If we... um... If you're going to be on next week, Tash, I'm going to put into Weekly Comics so we can at least check this thing out. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, So there's that now... I want to mention something that I've been doing and Baldur's Gate 3. Um, Richard, I've said this, it might be the best computer game I've ever played. Um, it's fucking amazing. And, and I played Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. This is very much of a spiritual successor. Um, I'm loving it. And I've got a shout-out to Dion. Uh, fuck, he, this little guy redeemed himself. He was sitting on almost a zero. And then he said, get it on PS5 because my computer wouldn't hack it. And I got a refund off Steam. Put it on PS5. It's it, it, it's going brilliantly. This is such an amazing game. It, it is honestly... Like, I know some people love the fucking very boring personal interrelationships of the companions, but that's not why I like it. The awesome story and awesome fighting. I mean, this is a dungeon crawl adventure. Um, it's great. Rich, I believe you're still waiting on your limited edition copy. Is that correct? Yeah, although I'm... I'm sort of happy with you, but also utterly disgusted with you at what? the same time. What have I done? Playing it on console. It's great. That's, that's it's disgusting. Great. Man. Dude, it's great. Nah, man. man, that's a PC game, man. That's that's supposed to be played well, on PC with can, mouse and you keyboard. You can say that all you Ugh. want, man, but I tell you what, it's absolutely, uh, it's great. It's great on my console, man. I'm loving it, to be honest. Um, 
I don't know. Uh, well, my, my I did buy it for my, my laptop, but it, it wasn't, like, powerful enough or whatever. So I, I got it on. and Dion's well, get, like, a, get a better computer then. Yeah, I couldn't be bothered doing that, man. Like, And, and then I was like, I, I just got it on. I got it on PS5, and I had low expectations. It's brilliant. I've got to be honest. Tash, you've just completed Spider-Man 2, am I correct? Yes, fresh you, off it. You 100%ed that, didn't you? Yep, sure did. That that takes some doing to hundred percent a game. I've never gone close. Richard, have you ever hundred percented you know one of these big computer games? I literally just hundred oh. percented uh, the recent Star Wars Jedi game. So I'm the fucking oh. loser. I'm the fucking loser. Thanks, guys. You know, that's I'm way just... harder than hundred percenting Spider Man. Yeah, so that's way more. Well, I hundred percented the first game, so I was like, I had to hundred percent this one. Did you enjoy oh, it, Rich? Wow. Like, what? What do you give it out of ten? I look. I think Cal Kestis is probably the one of the best additions that Disney mm. uh, have have added to Star Wars. Um, hands down, he's probably the best. Um, this story is very mid though, mm. uh, probably because it's got too much Disney in it. It's got too much High Republic mm. in it, but Jesus Christ is the combat fantastic. And it really makes you feel like a Jedi. Like, uh, cool. and they even, they even had, um, which probably made me enjoy it more is that I kind of got to play a little bit like Kyle Katarn, which is my favorite EU character mm. because you could play with a blaster and a lightsaber. That's good. Oh, cool! But that so you cool. could actually, yeah, you could actually do like like shooting and sword playing at the same time. That's cool. Which, um, so I kind of try to make him look a bit like Kyle. Um, but no, uh, the, the the gameplay phenomenal, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the story was not as good as the first. The first one still has by far the better, the the better story. You know something that annoys me about the Disney though. I don't like that they keep using their shitty new aliens instead of the classic yeah. Star Wars what, aliens. What, what aliens what I mean? do they use? What aliens do they even use? I don't even know what the fuck they're called, man. Like, there's uh. the one that's literally just like this big fat worm. Uh. Like, um, do you know what I mean? And then there's these, like, ones with four arms. Now, they did have one Nautilin in it, which is the, 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 the race with, like, the, the tendril hairstyles. Uh. But, I mean, really, other than that, there's almost, like, no recognizable, like, Star Wars aliens in it. That's weird. It's very, it's very fucking. Um, no, Dis- oh, we only use no our Cal- Disney stuff. Mon Calamari. No, 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 no Mon Calamari. No Deveronians. No uh, Ugnaughts. Nothing. Just you know, mm. um, just nothing. Man. But no you enjoyed bits, the no... gameplay. You enjoyed the gameplay of it. Oh, oh. gameplay was phenomenal, and I like Cal. I actually quite like Cal, um, the main character. Um, okay. he's, he's by far probably the least annoying Disney character. What, what, did you play that on PS Five? No, Xbox. Oh, Xbox, right. Okay. All right. Well, that's cool. Um, that sounds good. Uh, now, Tash, you were telling us about Spider-Man 2. Give us a brief review. Um, it's really, really good. Um, I expected the whole Venom of Venom of it all, but yeah. the Craven storyline that uh, wound its way through was a surprise to me just because I didn't look at a lot of content before I got it. Mm. And yeah, it was so good. Miles Morales is really good in it, which surprised. Like, I liked him in his first game, but I've not. Yeah, but is there more Peter Parker? Because I'm sort of sick of Miles Morales. Like, is there enough Peter Parker to satisfy someone like me? Oh, yeah. Good. Absolutely. But also, Miles is a lot more scintillating this time around um, as well. He's a lot more interesting. Okay. and it made me cry. The first oh. one made me cry as oh. well, and this one made me cry too. Oh dear! Um, 
So yeah, I absolutely love sad it. tears or happy tears. Uh, it was sad. Yeah, um, oh, but it looks like they're setting this up to be a trilogy because they're kind of setting some stuff up, and they've kind of like the game how it sort of frames it is like that there will be one more, and then that's kind Isn't of it. There much venom. Yes, so much venom. The and venom you said there was some really... carnage too, didn't you? There's um no, bit. there's only reference to carnage. Okay. So it looks like he'll be. It looks like they're setting him up for the third one. And you asked me about Carnage because you weren't uh, familiar with him. Um, no, I knew he was a character, but I didn't know anything yeah. about. He, him. He's literally. I was. I was explaining to you. He's just the symbiote going on to a serial killer. So he's just full on evil, crazy, pumped Which up, makes nuts. Complete sense. In yeah, he's a complete when you told me that, I was like, oh yeah, that makes. He's sense. He's a total prick. Have you not seen the Venom Two movie? He's in that. No, I didn't watch any of the Venom. Oh, my God. What? Tash, what, what are you doing on this show? Like, can I be honest? Like, do I have to cancel our lunches? Do I, do, you know, what the hell? You haven't seen the Venom movies? I Come on. I might have seen Come the first one, but I've not seen the second one. I can't remember. <sighs> Tash. I just don't care about the Spider-Verse that much, to be honest. Well, I love it. You know what I mean? I'm one of those people. I love it. I'm addicted. It's The Venom movies are okay. Rich, back yeah, me okay. up here. Are you going to back me up, Rich, or are you going to shoot me in the back? What are you going to do? Uh, no, if if you're saying they okay, sure, I agree with you. Okay, we'll take that. Venom, Venom 1's better than Venom 2, although Venom oh, 2... Jesus Christ, yes. Venom 2 shouldn't have even been made. I liked Venom. Venom 2, they go for more comedy, a more Deadpool route, which I did enjoy. Oh. You know, it's got the no, funny Venom, scene. Venom 2 is uh, an utter waste. You cannot oh. have carnage oh. in a Venom movie and not have it be, like, super R-rated. Like, it's pretty even, in the, even in the comics, there was more blood and... And, and violence in the comics than in the in that movie. Woody Harrelson comics. plays him, Tash. In that Venom was Star. fine, but uh, there was no real violence in that for for a character called Carnage. I, I like the I bit though. The, the stoner hippie vibes of Woody Harrelson would not fit in with serial killer. He he plays him kind of creepy. He's kind of like he's. Oh, he's, I suppose he did Natural Born Killers, yeah. didn't he? he, he yeah. Yeah, Woody, Woody Harrelson's actually a. Pretty good actor. I yeah. think a lot of people sleep on him or, or just write him off because he's done a bit of comedy. Yeah. True but Detective was yeah. amazing. He's also in a good movie with, um, fuck, I can't remember the name of the movie, but it's with Kevin Costner and they play the two um, the, 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 the two retired but brought back in um, uh, Texas Rangers to get Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't, remember, I can't remember the name of the movie, but obviously it's based on on true events and all that. Yeah, uh, he's he's good in that as well. So yeah, oh, yeah he's, he's no, he's he's a good actor. Yeah, he's like um Tash in in this movie. You are right, Richard. Um, people do sleep on Woody. The Highwayman. Yeah, I yes, think that's, that's it. it. Yeah, that's it. Well done, Tash. Tash, Tash, Tash. You know what? You can be on the show again, I've decided, because I was going to Google that, but you've beaten me to it, and that means you've done something which I always ask Rich to do. Like, you've actually done some work. There you go, Rich. See, <laughs> Tash has been on for one week, man, and she's and doing... And I've always said, and I'll say it again, I'm not your PA. Come on, man. That's what I... That, you know, I, I often say to Rich, I'll name a celebrity, I go, where are we on him? Like, who's chasing him? And Rich is like, I go, Hello? alive or dead? I go, alive or dead, Rich? Just give me that. And he's like, I don't know. And I say, Jesus Christ, like... I don't know. The other day I looked up Bob you got, Newhart. You've got a computer. You've got a keyboard. Yeah, man, but I've only got two fucking hands, you know, and so much time. And and Tash, no, I... guess what? Guess who's got two thumbs and doesn't give a crap? This guy. <laughs> All right. Well, 
I think we've covered Spider-Man 2. Um, I'm, I, I do want to play it. I've almost... No, I'm halfway through Spider-Man 1. When I finished Baldur's Gate 3, Michelle, though, is, she's giving me grief because she's like, you're playing this game like every spare second you've got. She goes... And I'm like, yeah, yeah of course. Like, I've got my guy. I, 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 I'll start talking about it to her. She goes, you wouldn't believe how bored I am listening to this. And I show her, <laughs> I show her the character. I go, check him out. And I, like, turn him around. Like, you can swivel him around so you can get the full look. I go, check him out. Look, at he's got two blades. He's got this cloak on. He's got this wicked mask on. And she's like, this is just so crap. <laughs> So Honestly, funny. I just can't respect her more. She just can't stand it. She hates it so much. Now, um, Wheel of Time is a much improved show. I'm halfway through season two. Um, Richard, we did watch season one, and we were both fairly underwhelmed by season one, if you recall. Mm-hmm. Um, Super-duper underwhelmed, is that no, how it is? It is much improved, although I do have um, a couple of notes. Um there remains the issue of comprehension of story if you haven't read the books. Now, I've read the first three books, and that's what's covered in this um, series. I, I feel like, having read the books, I know exactly what they're doing, and usually they're, they're, they're sort of cutting it down a lot and sometimes slightly adjusting stuff, but the basics of it are all the same. And, and because I've read the books, and he was a huge world builder, that was actually his strength. Um, I don't feel like they are explaining well enough the universe that he created in the show to show, you know, viewers who've not read the admittedly massive 12, 13 series books. And I think that's a problem because the book audience... Um, is big, but there's a huge audience out there that just likes watching fantasy after Game of Thrones, you know, and I feel those people... I mean, he was such a great world builder. It's so weird to me that the show sort of has a comprehension problem in explaining some of the stuff of the background. Like, it just doesn't explain it very well. It really skims it. And I'm just like, you've got, like, you know, pretty long episodes. Like, the episode I just watched was an hour and 10, 12 minutes... And I don't know, there just needs to be... I know some people hate exposition, but you do need a bit of exposition when you're dealing with a world such as this. Tash, what are your views on this? Because this is a very deep book series. Imagine um, he really is a world builder on, on a par with like a Tolkien and a George R. R. Martin. Like he builds very detailed worlds. And the challenge that this show seems to fail at is ad- adequately conveying the details. To me, I find it, Michelle's like it's so confusing, and I'm like, yeah, they're not explaining it well. Like, if you've read the book, you understand. Do you, do you get what I'm throwing down, Tash? Yeah, um, I have not watched or read it, but one of my best friends has. He's read all the books, and he basically said what you guys just said that he thought the second season was a vast improvement, and mm. that he didn't think it was conveying enough. Um, yeah, but I think like in terms of world builders, like I think Robin Hobb's amazing, which is irrelevant. But like, no, she's great. Include, Robin Hobb. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, uh, to be honest, I, I mean, I know like I've read all the Robin Hobb books, and that's like fifteen books. So I really oh. shouldn't be deterred by the fact that there are like thirteen books of this. But kind of am. Mm. Well, yeah, Robin Hobbs uh, a better character. She's a better writer than he is. Um, 
He's overly descriptive to the point of it's almost obsessively descriptive. Like he, he, we've just covered this on the show before. Like he is good, but um, there's this element where he just he over everything. He'll describe the whole room, what everyone's wearing, or every, and it's kind of like he's almost painting the picture in words, but too much. Do you know what I mean? That is Stephen King, though. It's it is very Stephen King. I would, and he's a different style writer. That he's 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 an adequate writer. He's he's reasonably good, but his strength is his world building. He's a he's a great world builder, which is why it's so funny to me that that seems to be the show's weakness. That it doesn't convey it very well. Like often, I have to Google because I'm like, what city is Rand in at the start of season two? Because they don't make it very clear. You know, and because I've read the books, I know the city and I know that they've slightly adjusted the details of the book, which is fine, you know, for the sake of the narrative. But they're not out and out. Like, if I was doing the scene, I would have Korean, like, at the start of, in letters, at the start of the season to, to, to locate the viewer. Do you know what I mean? As yeah. a, As opposed to, it's, it's, it's kind of vague. It's kind of like, where is he? We're not, you know... We're supposed to know, but we don't know. Then this enemy turns up, and I feel like they undersell this enemy basically attacks from um, another continent, like surprise attack. And they're really spectacular, and it looks really cool, but I, I feel like they un- they're under-explaining it because I, I think your average viewer needs it. I, I know Michelle. She battled through the first season, and she was just like, it seems good, but I just cannot... I don't understand what's going on. Like, it's also... She finds it extremely slow, Something this guy did a lot. Um, Robin Hobb's a much better writer. She moves the story. You know how Robin Hobb moves the story, Tash? Like, she yeah. moves it. This guy, yeah, he treads that. water. He pads. He he writes for the big page count. Like, he, um, mm. we had Ed Greenwood on, and he was saying that he married his editor, and essentially the books were almost unedited. He, what he turned in, to get, he, he would wait till the very last possible second to turn it in for it to hit the publisher and to hit the printing press. And so there was almost no time for any extra editing. Um, and so that, you know, the books are sorely in need of an edit. Like an editor could chop down probably a third of The Great Hunt. Do you know what I mean? Like he, they were selling like crazy, so I don't think they actually cared. But yeah, they he's seriously in need of a, a real editor as opposed to just like, you know, his own process kind of thing. Like, but anyway... Anyway, it's interesting, but it is an improved show, and as a reader of the books who does enjoy the books, I'm enjoying it, but I do think uh, it'll never hit that really big mainstream Game of Thrones thing. It'll always be kind of a second-tier show, in my mind, you know? Yeah. That's my assessment. Now, I do want to mention, in terms of interviews, kicking off 2024, um, I interviewed Jeff Grubb. Um, It was fantastic. Uh, We covered so much territory jeff grubb for those who don't know uh he was heavily involved in dnd uh heavily involved in uh, still works in elder scrolls online uh he was the traffic cop of the forgotten realms he created Spelljammer, uh, many other things in dungeons and dragons we had a long chat um a great guy uh, and i feel like we could we did two hours we could do another two a drop of a hat um just fantastic. We all, we've had Greg Greenwood on a couple of times, uh, and we've had uh, Zeb Cook uh, also as well, who was great. So it was just great to get these D&D guys, these legends of the game, Rich, just getting them to come on. It just feels like such a victory when you get mm. them on. Because, you, you know, like, I, I feel sort of like, shy is not the right word, but, like, almost a bit like, you know, these, these people's product 
to me, back in like the late 80s, like early to mid-90s, I was everything. I was devouring. Like, I don't know how many times I read my Horde and Oriental Adventures books, you know? And now, mm-hmm. Tash, they're like, Ori- Oriental Adventures is so bad. Like, you all want to be samurais and ninjas. You're all such racists. It's just like, fuck you guys. Like, you know, like the fucking internet guys out there. Like, but we've got the guys on and um, they're telling their stories. And he got really in-depth and, and like... It was so. I do recommend listeners check that out. Uh, that was, you know, I'm not saying it's a good interview because of my questions, although they were pretty good. Um, his responses were great. He 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 did a lot of behind the scenes details, which I didn't know. You know what I mean? Like he he went he went deep. He went and as I said, I feel like we just scratched the surface. But you know me, I went deep. Can you imagine, Tash? I can. I just was going through it. it was super deep at one point. Like, I, I went so... There was a point when I was talking to Ed Greenwood where he got into, like, the very mysteries of life and death. And I was just like, man, we are so deep right now. You know? He, he was like, do you want to know what's at the basis underwater deep? There's this, uh, there's this dungeon that goes down for, like, 50 levels. And he goes, do you want to know what's on the final level? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so you want me to spoil it for you? I'm like, yes. And at the final level of the dungeon... You go through the dungeon and you re-emerge into the real world. And I was like, "Fuck!" I was like, "Wow!" And he was, he was like, "Yeah, it's intense." And I was just like, "Wow!" Even talking about it now sends a shiver down my spine. Rich, do you understand what I'm throwing down? Yeah. No, I don't think you do. I don't think you understand the gravity of the situation at all. You, you're sitting. What, what I'm trying to say is, Rich, you're in the play session with him, and he's like, "We're out of the dungeon. We're now in the room." And you're like, "Fuck!" It's like a Jedi mind yeah, trick. I, I get it. It's meta. I get it. <laughs> well, it blew me away. I was like, I, I said to him, man, we're so fucking deep right now. I was like, wow. It, what's real, what's not, who knows. Um, so check that out because, you know, that was only one of many things discussed. Now, signal abductions is our segment now where we discuss things that we have, you know, bought, stolen, <laughs> like killed, you know, whatever we've done to acquire artifacts of power, uh, we discussed them in signal abductions. Rich, anything you've got over there? Uh, yeah, well, I recently bought the, obviously the Star Wars Jedi and also the remake of the Mario RPG, which really? has been a lot of fun as well. That's on the Switch, yeah. Really, Richard? I gee, you're just living your life over there, undercover man. You know, yeah, Rich doesn't publicise his life at all, unlike me. You know what I mean? I live my life in the public spotlight under scrutiny. Rich is, Rich is off the grid playing the Mario RPG. You're just living mm-hmm. the dream, aren't you, man? Really? Doing my best. Yeah. The fame and the fortune mean nothing to Rich. They mean everything to me. You know? I don't mind the fortune. You know, I, like I was going to say, I knew you liked the fortune, Rich. I, was, uh, I put that up there as a little teaser for you to pick well, up. Well, no one's ever going to say I don't want a fortune, but uh, I, think you're a bit, I think you're a bit crazy if you want fame. Mm. Well, you know, call me crazy. I think, I think you've got to screw loose. That's all yeah. I'm saying. I probably do. I probably do. Um, Tash, abductions, any, anything in, in recent times? I oh, know, obviously, you've got the Phoenix Tome. Uh, anything, mm. anything you've got or you've got your eye on to purchase, uh, acquire, you know, trade? Yeah, anything. Like, anything um, like that? The Fugitive yes. Box Set? The what? The Fugitive Box Set? No. <laughs> um... This isn't um, comics related, but I did pick up the prequel to Lonesome Dove. Oh, cool. Um, and started reading that last night. And that's, it's just so good. Like, Lonesome Dove is the best book I've ever read, or one of them. 
I was talking um, to Chuck Dixon, and he said it's an amazing book. Um, oh. I, I've just started it because you got me onto it. It's also a yeah. TV show. You should watch the TV show with Robert Duvall. Um, yeah, it's really I good. probably will, but you should. Yeah, it's got James I... Garner, Robert Duvall. Um, it's it's good. Like actually, I look. I'm such a fucking illiterate. I didn't realize it was books for years. I've just thought it was a TV show from the '90s. Rich, you remember it? It was big in the '90s, wasn't it, man? Like there was. Yeah, about that time. Yeah. Yeah, and and then Tasha's like, "Have you read the book?" And I was like, the, "What the novelization of the TV show?" And it's like, <laughs> "No, no, the amazingly good books." And I was like, "Oh." And I check with Chuck Dixon. I'm like, Chuck, are these books good? He's like, they're amazing, Dave. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like how many times? Like, I always say to Chuck, like, there's the Sharp, uh, you know, TV series. And I'm like, I'm loving this TV series. He's like, you should read the books. <laughs> I was like, I started reading the book one day and he was like proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I've watched like 10 of the movies and now I've read like 20 pages of the book. <laughs> well, it's a start. It's a start, yeah. It's a start. Yeah. Uh, you know, hey, guess what? There's a little bit more character. There's a little bit more character character work <laughs> than in all the internal narration. But um, you you love the Lonesome Dump stuff, don't you? It's good. Yeah, so I'm enjoying – I'm not very far in, but I'm mm. enjoying that. Um, I really want to – what did I put on mm. hold? Mm-hmm. At work the other day, Conan. Conan. Huh? <laughs> the complete, the complete Conan. <laughs> never. No. Um, so. that will never happen. Mm. Um. Oh, after seeing the Marvels, I mm. put on hold the first volume of Kamala Khan's. Jesus. Um, why? Trade. Why wouldn't you just read that online? It's not going to be worth it, money. You know, you don't want to. You don't want to have to exchange currency for that. I'm telling you, like right. No, now. <laughs> because a it looks really good. Okay. B I don't read online. Okay. And C <laughs> shut up. C <laughs> shut up. I was wondering how long we get to that. All right. Well, it's good to see Kamala Khan's fans in attendance, though. It's it's good that you make the rounds. You know, because I tell you what, she's that movie. It sank like a fucking stone. Really. Like, All right, calm down. It actually wasn't bad. <laughs> but no one saw it. It was just, Yeah, I know. I don't really know why. Because it actually genuinely wasn't bad. It was it was yeah. fun. Like Could it be that no one funny. cared about the characters? Like the mass audience just doesn't care, I think. It's a big factor. I mean they cared about the first one, so I don't they know. They did that although look, I agree. I thought the first movie was okay. I gave it eight out of ten. I, I actually didn't mind it. I do think the first one um, came at exactly the right moment, and, yeah. you know, literally, like perfect timing. And it was it was marketed well. It came after Infinity well, War. I want to say. It was lead up to um, Endgame. Endgame. Yeah, everything conditions were perfect, and it was a good movie, and it made a ton. Here, conditions are not perfect. There is superhero fatigue. I don't think people care about the. They certainly don't care. They don't care about Kamala Khan. They don't really care about Brie Larson's Captain Marvel. They certainly don't care about the Black Captain Marvel. And just put them all together. It's instead of adding it, they kind of minus off each other. And I, I, I know people at work, women, who are like, I said, one of them, she takes her son to see all the movies. And I go, Have you seen the, the new one, the Marvel? She goes, Oh, is that the one with all the females? And I was like, It is. And she goes, Yeah, we're not, we're not seeing that one. <laughs> God, that's so rude. Because I I'm actually, quoting her. I'm quoting her. No, it's not me. I really thought. Mm. I really thought it was fun. I have well, heard I, some people I, said it was good. I think the problem at the end of the day is that there's certain characters that need 
the I, I think they need a bit of propping up. So just an example, even Black Panther made like a billion dollars, right? But that was mm -hmm. also sandwiched in with Civil War and the Avengers movie. So it was basically riding yeah. off that. And then when the second movie came out, it still did good, but it didn't it yeah. didn't break the billion dollars. It didn't do as well because the stuff around it mm. wasn't keeping sort of sort of momentum or getting you excited you know because it's yeah. it's what uh, it's it's doctor strange and the multiverse of madness it's mm. ant-man 3 it's you know what i mean like mm. and the same with the marvels that's also coming off these other duds yeah so yeah. i think yeah. the reason that marvel and black panther did so well because again that look they, i'm sure they got their fans but they are not like s tier characters in no. sort of the marvel universe and that's fine not every character has to be s tier but no. and this is why i've always said you always need your foundation to be solid mm. for everything else you know what's that what's that expression uh, a rising tide raises all ships mm. if 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 you're not pumping out the good you know the good shit that like everyone gets everyone excited yeah. that excitement doesn't then carry over to the the other characters do you know what yeah, i mean yeah, and that's why like your guardians of the galaxy and all that did kind of well and everyone's excited to go see it because of the america movies the avengers movies the iron man movies that was kind of like propping up the the excitement and and the need and the want hmm. but without that i just don't think people are that invested anymore and that sort of keen in a vacuum anymore it's, it's, and it's not just it's marvels it's hurting it's hurting yeah. all of the hmm. the sort of movies that are coming out yes yeah i think that's a hundred percent right i think it's kind of a shame because um, the Marvels actually did make me a little bit excited for the future of okay. um, MCU movies because it it kind of stood on its own, but it at the end kind of wove into some stuff that I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I'm, oh, like, yes. Let's discuss that. So I do want to say, Tash, I, I think it'll be interesting once it hits Disney Plus and a lot more people will watch it then, like I will. Yeah. if it will have a second lease of life, if it's a decent movie. Because a lot of people will watch it on Disney+, Plus, like me, who didn't bother go to cinema, you know? Yeah. Um, and if it's decent, and a lot of people I've heard have said that it is, um, it might it might well have a second life then. Now, let's talk about the Kelsey Grammer scene. Take us through it. Blah, 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 Tash. What, you know, yes, take us through it again. the end, like, Monica Rambeau basically sacrifices herself. And you can mm. see... They're setting themselves up to do like Hickman's um Secret Wars. Yeah. But didn't he also call it something else? But, but yeah, essentially where the worlds are collapsing in on Yeah, the on them. that was your Secret Wars event. Yeah, the world's colliding yeah. thing. Yeah. Um yeah. so they're setting up for that. Incursion. Incursion. Incursion, thank you. Yes, Remember you it. it was like fucking he he I tell you there's a guy who knows how to pad how many Issues of Avengers did we read leading up to oh, that? Oh, so many. Um, I felt like I read the um, Bible of Avengers. I was like, I'm so bored. <laughs> it needed to be half the size. Seriously, yeah, you could um, take out half of it. Now, continue. So, yes, Monica Rambeau, the so character no one cares about. She crash lands. Um, and she, you kind of know that she's been pulled into another universe. She wakes up and she thinks her mum is there and her mum's alive, but yeah. her mum isn't her mum her mum is an x-men cool. and then beast walks in um, yes and then kelsey Grammer's beast walks in and says charles needs me are you all right here oh, um fantastic. and then it ends that's great um 
And That's so great. he's implied that he's coming back again, I think. so. Please. I'm sure he is. And please, imply away. Do it. I, I mean, I'm... I'm so excited by that news. You know, you know what I mean. That yeah. was the morsel they threw out to the fucking hungry fans like me. We need it bad. Um, I don't know if you've been listening to the show when um, Doctor Strange was on. Rich, remember when I was convinced that Ghost Rider and Wolverine were going to be in it? I mean, how yeah, many, but you think they're going to be in every movie? How many fucking episodes do we spend on that? And then during the movie, after spoilers, Professor X gets mercilessly killed. I actually, I said to Michelle, "It's not looking good for Wolverine." <laughs> <laughs> like if yeah. he's gonna be, if he's gonna although turn up with this movie, um, although you should be happy they weren't in it because obviously they may have end up being killed. killed. Yeah, true, true. But that movie yeah. pissed me off. Wanda deserves so much better in her villain era, personally. Mm. Yeah, look, I didn't hate that movie. I thought it was adequate, and I really mean that. I like a seven out of ten. I, I like I, I I didn't mind it, but it wasn't no it was no masterpiece. You know? Okay, but but here's the thing, and I, and I will say this again, and I don't. Here's the problem: I don't believe that you should put anything important in the TV shows. So, I think what caused a lot of problems for people with the the Doctor Strange is, I think a lot of moviegoers who have watched the Marvel movies who didn't watch any of the shows were probably very fucking confused, right, of well, what was going on with Wanda. Because I think you've got to be very careful about putting stuff in the show that is required for the, uh, the next movie. Because I think there's a danger. I can't. I like the what idea of keeping it a little bit more separate, like the stuff that happens in the shows for lower tier characters and smaller stuff. Mm. And you you leave the movie like the movie stuff. Um, she was like, crazy. I would right? prefer that Wanda got her own movie, like mm. maybe first setting her, herself up as the bad guy, like or sort of stuff before you got to the Doctor Strange movie, just so that the movie audience kind of knew what was happening and kind of go, what the fuck? The main problem was is that fucking Sam Raimi admitted that he didn't watch any WandaVision before he started directing the movie. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so, I love Sam Raimi. directed didn't watch That's the funny. TV show. That's funny. And, which is some epic bullshit because <laughs> it really pulls apart the whole idea that her rage is born of grief like right. and because i think wandavision is one of the most like experimental yeah. fabulous yeah. things marvel have done like i agree it, i i think in I, terms of in terms I, of i don't, like have, it's I don't have a problem with that but i think they should have kept wonder for just her own tv show and having her arc and and her redemption all happen on the on a TV show called Wanda. As opposed to leading into the and, movie where she's... And maybe they should have given Doctor Strange a completely different villain or something, is what I'm but trying to say. Is that get her building up to affect the whole universe like she did in the comics. Because mm. I think they're going to lead and somehow retroactively get Wanda to introduce the X-Men is where I think they're going to I think go that would it. be a great idea if that happens, Tash. I remember when you told me that I thought I, it's almost too good an idea for them to use. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Well, I, 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 as I said, my idea would be them to be to be done with this, reboot the world, but start with the Fantastic Four and the X-Men. Oh, you, you mean like reboot everything, Rich? Is that what you mean? Yeah, just reboot the universe, but instead of starting again with the Avengers and all that, you start with the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. I'd be okay I can't with that. do another reboot. I can't. I'd be okay with that. No, okay, but it's not a reboot of like, okay, we're going to reboot and do Captain America and the Avengers again. I'm saying, okay, that's done. We're oh. basically going to start the uni like a universe again, but not starting with the Avengers. We are starting a universe oh, that is centered around I the X-Men and the Fantastic Four and all that. I just thought of something. Guess what you could have? 
Galactus turns up at the end of one of the movies and eats everything, and then he spits it back out, and it's got the X-Men in the new world. There you go. That one's for cool, free. But I don't know if that's how Galactus works. That's, that, that one's for free, Marvel. That one's for, that one's for free. Like, I, I was saying, I this is years ago. This is back when Stu was on the show. For some reason, I got super fucking excited, which is pretty normal, about this rumour that Galactus was going to be in it. And I started saying Galactus is going to turn up in Endgame and he's going to have Silver Surfer flying around him. And Stuart was like, there's no way, Dave. There's no way that Galactus will just turn up and they'll waste Silver Surfer just so you can get excited. And I was like, it's going to happen, man. Just wait and see. And as I'm watching that movie, I'm thinking, I, I don't see Galactus coming anytime soon. You, you've <laughs> just got to accept the fact that they're not on your wavelength, Dave. They're, they're not. They're not experimental. Like, I, like, I'm always like, like, introduce more. Like, why do we always have to play with, like, the same five pieces? Do you know what I mean? Like, and instead of giving me the shit characters, give me the proper characters. Like, why am I waiting? Why am I waiting and waiting and waiting for my X-Men? Why? Why? We've got all I... these shit characters. Why can't I have my X-Men? Tash, tell me. Yeah, I, I uh, well, I think X-Men, it's okay to be cautious and take their time with because they've fucked it up so many times. What about before. Wolverine, though? Wolverine's okay? He could come in, surely, by himself. Oh, yeah, yeah. he's fine. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, he's fine. Um, I'm Look, I'm really keen for Fantastic Four. I'm a big Fantastic Four fan, and I really liked Mark Wade's yeah. recent-ish um, Fantastic Four one. That was um, good. That right. He was a great uh, rapper. He did a great yeah. rapper. I, I actually think that they should keep Wolverine separate from the X Men. What? What? No, like actually, you you start Wolverine like with his own origin, yeah. his own movies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. you and then you can build towards oh, them sort of crossing over, like in That's the X Men. So you actually have Wolverine and you have the X Men, kind of what they did in the Fox, but just better. But don't have yeah, him yeah. start in the X Men. You have him start yeah. separate. And you, you build towards them sort of like You could do Team X and Weapon X and stuff. It's, yeah, yeah. So, so you, yeah, do the bones. Weapon X stuff, do the Sabretooth, do all the Maverick, all that sort of crap. Give him his yeah. own stories and stuff. Oh, and yeah, that way man. you can... Because the problem is, is I feel if you do an X-Men and it includes Wolverine, Wolverine will always, always, always overshadow the X-Men. So I feel like just keep them separate and, and let them build their it's own... It's not a bad idea, Richard. Richard, and, and, I, cross yeah, over. and you could start him younger. He could be. He could look a bit younger. We could be back in the jungles. Richard, I like what you're saying because then it wouldn't all be flashbacks, which it is normally. You know you know how it's like a, it's a flashback and a flashback for Wolverine, that kind of thing? Whereas yeah, this is... Forward. This is... This is good stuff, Rich, what you're saying. But then you could even maybe even have one of his movies be Alpha Flight. Ugh, well, I think we could skip that one. Rich was going on all cylinders until he mentioned Alpha fucking flight. Like Richard, abort the mission, man. You mentioned Alpha yeah, flight. That it's would actually be man. really fucking cool because yeah. you get to see him in an environment with maybe a team that doesn't gel or doesn't fit him. Dude, save that for movie three or four. But like, well, you can explain his his absolute fascination with redheads. Yeah, okay. You could kick. That's Rich. That's that yeah. before before Jean Grey. The redhead he was chasing was Heather. You know, he's always chased other men's women. I don't know what it is about this guy, he likes to but he just has to have other men's women. It's short man syndrome. He has to conquer what's not his. And they have to be redheads. Hey, like, that's hey, it. Must be, in, must be in a relationship chill and out. must be a redhead. Chill out, guys. Yeah. Chill out, guys, on the Wolverine hate over there. Like, I won't hear any bad words said about my man. Like, Dude, can I tell you something? No. I, that has always turned me off Wolverine. What? I'm not joking. What? I have never really had Wolverine as one of my favorite X-Men 
just for the fact that he sits and pines over Jean Grey all the time. I never liked it. He doesn't pine that much. Like, dude, oh, he does. I, oh, he does. I, I've read a lot of Wolverine, a lot of Wolverine, and I'm telling you, that's like that's probably yeah, like five percent in his own books. But whenever he's in the X Men books, he is fucking constantly doing. Oh, yeah, maybe in the X Men books, but in his own books, it's not like he's sitting around like you know looking at pictures of Jean Grey all day long. Like, calm down. Um, but Richard, I will say this: although you, but you ruined it with Alpha Flight. If only you could take that back and we could delete that from the internet. But everything has got a Native American in it. You love Native Americans, yeah, but not that one. But yeah, <laughs> but I did like what you were saying until Alpha Flight. Like, um, you know. The start of one of my favourite movies, Wolverine Origins, where you see all the wars. Imagine doing those in movies and seeing him in Nam. I thought you were a better storyteller than that, Dave. Oh, I can't believe you're going to let your, your, your hate for that not tell a good story. Oh, maybe a small I, section, but I'm just saying not the first movie, Rich. I don't want to see I fucking Alpha Flight. I didn't first. say the first movie. I said one of his movies. I just hate Could Alpha Flight. Alpha Flight. I just hate Alpha Flight I know so you do. much. I fucking hate that. I... I like the idea of keeping them separate and then either introducing the X-Men through his discovery of them or having them, like, moot two movies at the same time. One, like, the first couple of years of the X-Men, like, in one movie where they're all recruited and stuff and then Wolverine, his early life, and then merging. Yeah. Because, like, I always think that's a really cool part of their history that is the part that's kind of glossed over. When they get recruited. Yeah. Like, it, it just happens it just, in one like, issue when Professor X recruits them all to go save them when they're trapped on the island, remember? No, because I'm not 100. No, yeah, that's the origin. That's the that's Krakoa. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, in, in the original... Uh, yeah, yeah, but that's that's where Krakoa is from. This, the way all they all fucking doing their right. rebirth in now, that okay. Krakoa, that's, that's the original island where... Yeah, they were trapped but I'm where, just explaining um, to Tash that that's how... So the original X-Men Tash, you know, like Cyclops, Angel, Jean Grey, whoever the, the mm-hmm. other ones are. So they're all um, so th- captured, and uh, maybe Cyclops isn't, but one of them's not captured. But no, Cy- Cyclops escapes. Cyclops he's, he's escapes, and then Professor are X... Are they part of the X-Men, or just people kidnapped? They were the recruited. The they were, yeah. Oh. They, they, so the X Men are all captured. The original X Men, except Cyclops, who escapes. And from my distant memory, uh, Professor X basically enlists all new mutants. He he recruits Wolverine, Storm, Nightcrawler, and someone else, Banshee, I think. And they go and rescue them. And that's how... Uh, the, and Well, don't forget... Uh, oh, shit. Uh, Sunfire. Uh, Warbird? No. What's what's the Native American guy? I think it's Warpath. Warbird, Warpath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something so, like that. So they recruit a whole new set, Tash, of including some of the most famous ones, like Storm and Wolverine. And they go and rescue them, and that's how the Claremont era kicks off. That's they yeah. literally rebooted the whole thing. So what you're saying exactly. is, that, yeah. and that's what led to the birth of X Factor, because then the new mutants kind of stayed on as their own team, I believe, and then the originals went off and and, and created X Factor. Eventually, if wait, if, if I track. remember correctly, D- down the track, reach after the dark. Yeah, yeah. So I'm so saying that's also the birth of the new X Men led to the birth yes. of X Factor. That's very true. Team. Yeah, and, and that's very true. And eventually, after the Death and Return of Jean Grey, the original ones do go and form X Factor, which Louise Simonson wrote for 
quite a lot of which issues. Which is what you were talking about. Yeah, which I hate. Which I fucking hate. Yeah. But yes, but really, but that is true. What that's what happened. Well, the the worst part of that, the, the start of the X Factor, is how god awful their costumes are. Oh, it looks terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. Like is it's it's, it's really. X-Factor? Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. jarring too because like comics had moved on and X Men were, were such hot thing. I don't know what they were thinking, but it did eventually lead to bigger and better things like so it yeah, all works yeah, yeah, itself yeah, yeah. it all works itself out and you know cyclops and all that do end up is in it like with the big yellow x yes across yes yeah well, they're all different colors but yes they all have yeah. a giant yeah. x super, super like, basic. across their chest and, and down their legs and all those other and things. it's yeah, hilarious that they, they're, they're hunting mutants and no one seems to realize that they're the original x man it's just terrible like it just it's you can almost it's like a thought experiment that is just playing out live in the pages and then eventually it all gets kind of moved along. But we've gone a long way off track. I don't know how we got onto this, but um, X-Men rule. Oh, I want to just do my, my last thing is I'm I, putting this on the record. Rich already knows it. I think when they get to Secret Wars, they're going to have an X-Men or two in that. And that might be your first appearance properly of the X-Men in the Marvel proper, proper universe. I think you might see a Wolverine and someone else like a Storm or someone turn up as players in in a war, if it's Secret mm-hmm. Wars, like the original Battleworld sort of stuff, this is my just my idea. You know, we'll see. I I think they might have ex- if they're going to have uh, mutants in it. I think it'll be maybe throwaway ones. I don't think it'll be anyone vital. You don't think it'll be Wolverine? I think it might be Wolverine. Mm, I mean, a cameo maybe, but if you're doing like a big thing and and maybe characters are going to die, or or I I just don't think they're going to use anyone important. Sure. Okay. Toad could be Toad. <laughs> Poor old Toad gets gets shown again. Uh, now, um, all right. Now for me, I did pick up the Kyle Rayner well, compendium. Actually, un- unless, mm. unless, let's say you weren't really going to look. Look, you you've, you've done the Dark Phoenix stuff, all that sort of crap, right? Twice and yeah. both poorly. Yes. What if they decide? You know what? We'll have the original X Men in the Secret Wars, so you'll have Cyclops, Gene, and all that sort of shit, where we can either, like, fuck him off or die or whatever, and then they'll re... re like, when they re, when they actually launch the X-Men, like, proper, it'll be, like, the Nightcrawler, Storm, Colossus, that sort of thing. Oh, uh, the... the Yeah, the second team. Yeah. Yeah. But you... Yeah. you, you that's have... something they could do, just to be like, hey, you, you saw the original, and but now we've already moved on. Because you've got to remember that the, the, there's a finite movies you can make. Like, it's not like you can... Like have the actors, but and the surely you would have yeah. Cyclops and um, Jean Grey in the X Men. You might, but again, they might also just decide, hey, we've we've done that, we've had that. Like, maybe yeah. let's just, I don't know. Uh, I who knows? I don't know what Marvel does these days, like right. uh, Marvel and Disney. I just like two things I would like to see before I die. Jesus, one, yeah, <laughs> three things. Yes. Then yes. I would like to see the phoenix saga done well because yeah. even reading it now as i am like wholly for the first time like mm. i'd read it in bits and bobs over the years well it's so fucking good the but second- can i be honest with you i don't think they can do it properly in the movies because i just think it's so it's so big and there's so many characters in it like you've got the hellfire club i just i don't think they can ever do it justice in just a movie yeah. like personally they could do it in a few movies, though. Anyway, yeah. the other thing I would like to see is the Daredevil Electra relationship done well because that's been fucked up hmm. royally. Yeah, definitely. Um, that feels more doable. That just requires sure. a good screenwriter. <laughs> that's not that like that. That is, I would think, 
quite doable. I think you'll get that wish at some point in your life, Tash. Um, I think you'll probably get another attempt at the Dark Phoenix Saga at some point in your life too, whether it'll be good or not. It's another question. <laughs> yeah, they so. need to recast Electra. Yeah, definitely. The, the Electra who was in the... Um, the Daredevil show that just it, I don't know I, I just didn't think I they thought so. it was disappointing to be honest I watched it all and it was yeah it was never that great like it was okay um, but anyway you've got the new Daredevil show coming as well there's, yeah that I'm quite keen for because I read uh, Born Again a few months back and loved it it's fucking great I love that fucking that thing it's awesome now, I did pick up the Kyle Rayner compendium, um, my throwback to 90s uh, Green Lantern, Rich. I know you were a bit bittersweet on this run, but it was I was huge mm-hmm. for me getting into Green Lantern. Um, and I just picked it up at a, a reasonable price. It's a big, thick compendium, big, thick boy. It's how I like it. And um, Spider-Verse, um, I've started reading Tash, my Spider-Verse omnibus, which oh, yeah. literally, literally almost like does my back in. I have to go to my masseuse after reading it. Like, it's, a, it's enormous... Yeah. But Michelle comes in. She's like, she's like, how long is that going to take you? I go, mm, twenty years maybe. Um, but I'm getting. <laughs> it's not just Spider Verse. It's also Spider Geddon. So I'm, I'm really, you know, it's, it's a huge read. But also just the feeling. Like I'm going to say this right now. When I pick up that omnibus, I just feel better than most people. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm a better person. You know, I feel like all these losers out there who don't have this. That's how I feel. Like, what is that emotion? Gloating? Would you say, Tash? Is that gloating? Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. you do do that quite a lot. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm better, you know, and I, I shouldn't say I, that. I think I, it's called elitism. Elitism, <laughs> clothing, elitism, whatever you want to call it. But be like me. Pick up a Spider-Verse and you put that on your shelf, you that bad boy on your shelf. You know, suddenly all the slights and arrows that people are throwing at you over the years mean zero. You're just sitting there in your castle reading it and the peasants are outside milling about in the fields. You know, that's literally how it feels. Um, yeah, and, and, and that's basically my love story. Now, RIP, Rich, you've got in here, Brian Ansell, co-creator of Warhammer, died, aged 86, 68. Man, gone. Mm. That's sad. The original Warhammer man. So he probably sold the company a long t- time ago, did he? Was he behind? Uh, yeah, Ansel well, I mean, well, all the, war, yeah, the Warhammer stuff was, was sold definitely been sold ages ago yeah yeah well he created a fantastic franchise and also john burns a 2008 artist died age 85 now do we have i should know this um what stuff he worked on with 2008 let's have a look do you do you know rich like what you know what kind of because I, mm, I imagine it would be no, i mean you being the 2080 guy yeah I but i was. i don't i don't know so i'm looking it up now you know i don't know i'll say this right now this is gonna this is quite humble what i'm gonna say i don't know everything you know, I will say that. I'll admit that, you know. Um, you know, I'm trying to work on being more humble. It's very hard for me. Um, very, very hard. Doesn't come naturally. Uh, yeah, he he did, um, yeah, he did some stuff. They're called Dante. It's not, the, the fucking site's not loading up, as usual. As usual when I want something. Well, he's done some Dread stuff and, and some original stuff and all that. Yeah, okay. Well, he's dead. Um, I, I don't mean it sounds so blunt about it. You know what I mean? Like, rest in peace. I see a good picture here with Dredd carrying the American flag. If he did that. Oh, I mean, 85, pretty good innings. 85 is a good innings, man. Yeah, my dad turned 81 the other day. Oh, that, that's exactly right. He said to me, pretty good innings. I said, it is, 85. I'm looking at a picture here of Dredd carrying the American flag. It's fucking genius. And he did that. So, rest in peace, John Burns. 
if that's the only thing this guy ever did, it's genius. It's a dread with a with a with a massive lawgiver. Like it's it's actually more of a shotgun. And yeah, it's more mm. of a shotgun than the lawgiver. And he's carrying the American flag. It's a great image. Um, it looks like one of the story arcs he did in Dread was called Blind Justice. My favorite kind. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it, it's a loss. I'll, I'll say that much right now. It's a loss, and you know we have to just at least carry on. Uh, David Soul Hutch from Starsky and Hutch died, mm. aged eighty. That's a big loss to the home team. Um, Tash, you would have watched a lot of Starsky and Hutch in your time, wouldn't you? Like you many can't say I did. Didn't you weren't around in the like late seventies? Uh, you know, in its heyday. You know? I mean, no, I wasn't out. yet. You weren't born? I, you weren't but a, you I, born? to be fair, I watched a lot of Charlie's Angels, and that's the same era, right? It is the same era, and it's it's very sort of the same vibe as well. Yeah, um, yeah. TV has TV has not been as good since then. Yeah, I was going to say, Richard, it's more your era, Rich, isn't it? Like, I'm, I'm sorry, but, I mean, you, you're talking about, like, a, like, the decade of, like, again, Charlie's Angels, mm. you know, like, your Magna P.I.s, your... Uh, your A teams, your uh, Starsky and Hutches, like sure. you know, you do I just, yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like that. I mean, there's obviously been good stuff, but I'm just talking about as a decade as a whole. I just don't think we've come close to having a decade as good as that for for TV. It was a good era. Family ties, Rich. Remember that? Oh God, yeah. Like, dude, just, I, just go uh, look at that. Like that decade. It's just eighties so was eighties was a strong era of um, of TV. I, I have to admit that. And um, I mean, and also like, me and Alicia, we've been watching Highway to Heaven. Like, I don't know. There's just there's yeah. just so much good shit in the eighties that you can just watch and enjoy and binge and and or just come and go and what. It's just it's fantastic. So have you pulled one out for David Soul? You know. He's gone. Oh, no, my, actually, my, uh, my, we went to go visit my folks on the weekend and we, we were talking about that and all that. Uh, sure. Uh, and, and that because um, obviously I watched a lot of stuff with them in the 80s being a kid. So Sure. I, um, I, it makes me think of the Grateful Dead song. He's gone and nothing's going to bring him back. He's gone and nothing's going to bring him back. Nothing's going to bring him back, man. It made me realize the other day, um, I know he died, he, died, he died about 50 years ago, but, but suddenly I realized Bill Bixby wasn't with us. And, and I went, Bill Bixby's gone. And he died of cancer in about 1991 too. If you don't know who Bill Bixby is, Tash, he's the, he plays David Banner in the Incredible Hulk show. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's the, he's the guy. He was great. And I love that show, uh, the Incredible Hulk TV show growing up. I was, I was massively addicted to that show. And, um, yeah, it suddenly it hit me because sometimes I think of getting people on and I'm like, yeah, well, maybe I should get him on, try to get him on. And then I hit Google, and it's like he died like 10 years ago. And you're like, man, the loss I'm feeling 10 years later, you know? The the But, yeah, but Bill Bixby cashed out with cancer in the early 90s, unfortunately. So, you know, Signal wasn't a thing. Dude, the, 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 I think it was the movies that had thought in it were hilarious. Yeah, they weren't great. Um, but the TV show was fantastic. Like, the TV show's got some great fucking episodes. It's low budget, Lou Faringi playing Hulk. But it's great stuff. And he's roving from town to town. You know I love that kind of storyline, Rich. You know what it reminds me of, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, can you guess what show it reminds me of, Rich? Mm, jeez. <laughs> roving from Man, town to town, always on the run. This is a tough one. This is a tough one because, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's so many there's so many TV shows it could possibly be referencing. Yeah, well, it's the future for those who are playing. Oh, uh, yes, it was. Yeah, I'm sure every listener... Okay, maybe the new listeners don't know that, but I think anyone's been listening to the show... 
Whenever you whenever you say that, I think everyone knows, yep, Fugitive, he's talking about Fugitive. Oh, man, I've almost finished season two of The Fugitive. It's getting fucking intense. He, he gets so close to being captured so many times. Sometimes he does get captured. <laughs> Sometimes he does get captured and he escapes. Oh, it's just constant hijinks. Now, um, we have some Star Wars news, Rich, which I know is going to thrill and impress you. The Mandalorian and Grogu are embarking on a new adventure to movie theatres Directed by John Favreau, produced by Favreau, Kathleen Kennedy and Dave Filoni. The Mandalorian and Grogo, or Grogu, how you say it, will go into production in 2024. Uh, and then there's the usual shit from him. So, oh, I've always loved telling stories said in the rich world that George Lucas created. Yet we, we know, you know. The prospect of bringing The Mandalorian and his apprentice Grogu to the big screen is extremely exciting. Like, seriously, I sometimes wonder, did they really say this or did just a computer type it out for them? Because it's just so fucking generic. But um, anyway, what are our thoughts? We'll start with you, Rich. You're the Star Wars expert here. Um, is this going to be a smash hit movie? It feels like a lot of people love The Mandalorian Grogu. Um, I, I don't know. There's a lot of speculation that this was never supposed to be a movie. Uh, and they've actually just announced it because of the bad press they've been getting for the Ray announcement. Oh yeah, because there's also you 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 you, you, well, you go. So they had basically they had like a what did they have like a, a show or something like that, and they brought you know Ridley, uh, Daisy Ridley or whatever, and and the new director for her movie on the stage, and mm. they brought Filoni on. They were like, ah, I'm the new Filoni movie. There was no talk of this movie, so mm. they announced all these movies. There was no mention of a Mandalorian Grogu movie, mm. and then some clips or something of the, the the director came out, and it was causing a, a fuss and a ruckus, and so. Then all of a sudden, a couple of days later, they announced that John Favreau is doing a Mandalor- you know, Mandalorian Grogu movie. Like, no fanfare, just an announcement. Mm. I feel like that's probably just, I don't know. It feels like it's damage control, and now they're going to have to quickly bang out a script. <laughs> well, the, we do know, and uh, thank you for segueing into my next news item, Rich. There's also a Ray movie in the works, I believe, and there's also one set back. Is it the High Republic, Rich? Whatever it's called, like years ago. Yeah, that's the Acolyte or something that's still coming out. Or yeah, something that's, like that. that's also coming out. Now, Tash, where are you on all this Star Wars stuff? Because we get pretty deep in the weeds at times. Where are you as a fan? Are you a Star Wars fan or you, do you not care? Yeah. yeah. I'm a big fan of the originals and the ones I grew up with, which is like episodes one and two and three. Mm-hmm. I hate 789. I think The Mandalorian is boring. <laughs> I watched Love Ahsoka it. with my friends, and I liked the Anakin stuff, but mm. I also kind of thought that was boring. So. Okay, so you're not thrilled right now. No, yeah. not careless. I... Gee, I'm like this is when people I am progressive because I liked Mandalorian season three. I thought it was actually better than seasons one and two, which I found quite dull. And give me Anakin, give me Anakin. Yeah, Anakin was okay. Actually, I mean, you know. Can I can I ask you a question, Tess? Because I have a I have a theory. Did you watch the the Clone Wars cartoon show? Yeah, uh, a little bit, but I I, I I have a theory that. The people who are fans of Anakin are not fans of Anakin from the movies. They're fans of Anakin from the the extended media. No, I liked him from the movies even back then, just because I liked the tragedy of the self-fulfilling prophecy. I thought it was yeah, really... 
experience. Yeah, I mean, that's that's cool that that's the story. I just don't think they did it very well in the movie. No, they did. They absolutely did not do it very and well. And again, they, with the cartoon show, they went on for like nine seasons or something like that. I think a lot of people became fans of Anakin, like yeah. that Anakin from the, the, the cartoon yeah. show, but they've now sort of trans you know transposed that onto the live action Anakin because yeah. if you think about it, Anakin doesn't do anything in the movies to no. be a fan of really. In the first movie, he's a little kid, right? Um, and some people find him annoying. I actually don't find him annoying until he gets into the fighter pilot, like into the starship. Uh, yeah, the end. And then he won't shut up, and that's when I think he becomes annoying. But other than that, he's actually just pretty normal in the movie. But then even in the second movie, he doesn't, again, he doesn't really do anything other than kind of whine. And then, yeah, cool, he's a bit of a badass in the, the third movie, but he hasn't done anything. He's done more in the cartoon show. So I just have this theory that I don't know if it's accurate or not. I need to talk to more people. But I think people love Anakin now, but only because of the TV show. I think that's the cartoon show. extremely accurate. But I think part of what I loved about him, and I mean, I read the comics of the Clone Wars more than I watched the Clone Wars and loved them. But... Mm. I think I was at that perfect age. So I was like nine when episode one came out and what, like 12 or 13, two and like 14, 15, three. And I was in that perfect age range to just completely fall in love with the whole forbidden love story. And like, mm. all like, and they go into it in the comics, like her trying to hide her pregnancy and like, mm. You know, sneaking away. Oh, no, the, but that's what I said. I think the extended media, like the the, the comics, the novels, and obviously the yeah. cartoon show, I think they do a, a far better job of fleshing all that Absolutely. out. Um, but I, I just think that some people they've, you know what I mean? Like it's like that sort of not not Mandela effect, but it's their. I think they've forgotten that the Anakin they like is not the movie Anakin. It's the. Oh. It's the yeah. extended media addict. That's, that's they like Disney's and... strategy, man. They bombard you, and then it's like at the end of the day, then they throw it up later on in a film, and you're like, "See, you like well, all along." I mean, I think what look, I think George's biggest mistake was trying to cram too much into three yeah. movies, like because the original Star Wars, maybe five years, you could say, you know, passes in between the three movies, like all added up. Mm. But the problem with the prequels is that, like. It's like 20 years of time has passed, but, you know, splattered throughout the movies. And that's just too much shit going on in between the movies to to sort of get a feel of it. Really good point, because my obsession level was extremely high at the time. And I read all the novelizations, which, of course, expand Mm. significantly on what he's doing in between what happens in the movies and like the romance of it all and that's really what like and that's what i wish they'd explored in the movie more yeah. but they don't it's no. really sideline all of that just some fucking ch- that cheesy it. picnic scene that very cheesy scene where i must throw up but um I'll, yeah. I'll tell you something that like everyone gives me a dirty look when i say it um phantom menace was the last good um star wars movie <laughs> Uh, I, I think all the prequels was, had bits and pieces I liked. No, no, no. But it's because for a lot of people, The Phantom Menace is their most hated of the three movies. Like, everyone, like... Jaja. I like it so much just because that it's... One, it's almost a, pretty much a self-contained story. Yeah. Like, with a, with a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's a cool adventure. It's got a cool fight scene. And, uh, and, and, and it doesn't feel as CG as the, uh, the next two feel. 
Do you know what I mean? Like when you, especially when you get to the third one, it feels like every background is fake. Do you know what I mean? It feels like it feels like everything was filmed on a green screen. Now I know some of it was still done in the first movie, but it doesn't feel as fake. It's the, I just feel like it's the last time it felt like Star Wars. Like, mind you, mind you, know, you, that scene in the Colosseum. Um, although I enjoy that scene, that does feel very green screeny. You know. The, oh yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's all green screen. Oh, and yeah. this, people give people hate Jar Jar Binks, right? But Jar Jar Binks was never supposed to actually be a likable character because if you look at the movie, everyone hates him in the movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's not a character that's supposed to be cool anno- and fun and, and you're though. supposed to like... No, no, but I'm saying they may have gone overboard, right? Mm. They, they went overboard. But he was always supposed to be mm. an annoying character that pissed everyone off because it, he pisses everyone off in, in the actual movie. Like, you know, like, no one can stand him in the movie. <laughs> like, everyone's just like, shut the fuck up, you annoying piece of shit. Well, it's like... So, but I think he just went a bit overboard with the annoying... Yeah, aspect of the he character did, he did i mean he did and there's this story about the actor who wanted to kill himself and now we're all supposed to like you know hug him whenever we see him but it's like dude no one even fucking knew you were the judge of binks like i hate to break the news but again you. no one ever whenever people complain about judge of binks no one ever used his name yeah, no I one did, ever yeah, said i hate, I hate yeah, the yeah, actor yeah exactly like we didn't even see your face well, so. I, did, I never saw it i mean look i, I can't but, I'm just saying, in my circles, no one even knew what his name was. But, but like, but it's a it's a pity it's a pity party now for that guy. Like wherever he goes, he he rolls that story out so people can you know hand him. Actually, the, I, the guy I feel more sorry for is the is the young guy that played Anakin because too, I did, I thought he was I thought he was fine in the movie. Honestly, like I don't understand why people hate no, him. No, so I much. think that that's very unfair on Jake Lloyd for people to hate on him. He was a little kid. He's had psychiatric issues. He, they did target, and he had a rough life. Yeah, and but that, but you know, know what? But that's what I don't understand. George, I can understand to a point that people hate that character so much. But as I said, Anakin's pretty tame and normal. Yeah. Until he's, you get to the, you know, this is pod racing, and then he just won't stop talking. He's also a little you know. kid. You know what I mean? Like, it's no, like he's like no, a little no. kid. But I'm saying, I, I've never understood that. Even when the first movie came out, never had a problem with him. The only problem with him is Anakin. I thought he did a good job. I know a lot I of never people. understand. That's the hate I never understand. I, I know a lot of people, and this is from back then. So I, rem- I remember going to see it, and I was so pumped. I think a lot of people, such as myself, were disappointed that George went so young with with Anakin, mm. and yeah, not 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 hating on Jake Lloyd, but just questioning George yeah. more. Like, why why did you start him as a, like a toddler? Like, and you didn't age him up in the movie. Like, he stayed that age, and then you aged him up for the next movie. But I always felt like that was a mistake. And I, I, I actually felt like he either should have started older or you would have aged him in the movie and done, like, a, you know, five years later kind of scene. But anyway, I mean, I, I the one I like... I, I like all... I watched all the prequels again not that long ago, and I, I enjoy them whilst they're flawed. I always did enjoy Revenge of the Sith because I think a lot of stuff pays off in Revenge of the Sith. Like, it's not a great yeah. movie, but I think it's very enjoyable. Well, I you know? think everyone loves that movie just because of that, that last fight, though. Oh, that's great. If I'm, if, if I'm being honest. I yes, it's one of the best fights in the series. Mm, it's great. It's great. And what an idiot, like, um, Anakin was. He, he, he jumps up. I watched it I watched, when I watched it again, and, and, oh. and Obi-Wan just slices his fucking legs off, you know? I, just, I, I hate that so much. Why? I have the higher ground, Anakin. No, I just I, I hate how how they what, yeah. how they put him in the suit. I, can't, I just can't stand it. But how how fu- how funny is it that Obi Wan doesn't make sure he's dead? 
like, and he's yeah. like sliding into the thing, and he's like, ah, oh, close enough, and he just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, ah, uh, yeah, he's fucked. It's like the fucking flying robots. Yeah, there's no reason he's coming back from that. It's not like they have back to tanks and. But, but like, and, the, the flying uh, robots have even been around in the thing. limbs. Yeah, and it's just like, I don't know, I. I I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know. It was kind of cool, but the, it's all ruined by the bit when he goes, no. That that scene when he says no, like, no, it's just the worst. You know, like. I think that Hayden Christensen and Jake Lord really were done, Jake, what's his name, Lloyd, Lloyd yeah. were really done a disservice by George yeah. Lucas, to be honest. Like, his writing, like, the camp writing of the 70s, 80s was not as acceptable. Like, he's a crap, he's crap at dialogue. He's um, pretty bad. And I don't think it was Hayden Christensen or Jake Lloyd's fault in either case, really. No, it was cheesy dialogue. I have a theory, though. Do you know what? I think, so, people love uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, right? But he never actually, like, wrote like uh, fully wrote those very because uh, he, he had Kazden come on and that's why those movies are better dialogue wise mm. and story wise they're just they're tighter the dialogue's better it's snappier you know what i mean and i think i personally think that it was a part of him that was like he didn't like sharing that he wanted to be yeah. like the sole writer and 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 you know what i mean and get the praise like yeah. Definitely. You know, you know, because everyone's got a little bit of narcissism. Everyone's got a little bit of like jealousy and all that. I, I think he didn't want to get a write on because I think he was like, no, I want to show that I, you know what I mean, that I did oh, it all. I, all these movies are mine. And he clashed with Kasdan too. They're, it's fine. He famously Kasdan clashed. Rod, yeah. with, he flashed. He clashed with Kasdan he, heavily. He, on Empire. he clashed with the the actors on the first movie. Like they, they're famous for like um, Harrison Ford saying to him, "George, you can write this, but people can't say it." Yeah. Yeah. There's, I was, was going to say something then, I just forgot. Continue, guys, while I try to remember what I was about to say. <laughs> no, I just, look, I, I just think the prequels would have would have been better if they had just, I don't know, maybe started more in the middle where he's already established yeah. Jedi. Yeah. And, oh, I remember and, and I was show going... his fall. Yeah. But uh, there's just too much and, and not enough happens and also, not enough is set up, not enough is expounded upon. Also not to show the Clone Wars, really. Like... That was that was what killed me. Like you don't see a lot of Clone Wars in the movies, really. Honestly, no, you don't. Which like, is extremely disappointing. It was super disappointing to me. Like I could have taken every fucking second of him fucking gazing and longingly into also, Padme's eyes and taking. Can that I just out of say, as much as I love the clones, he comp- I that's not what I expected when when I heard the Clone Wars for the first time. You're telling me in, you didn't expect a, key, a Kiwi actor like in every single fucking scene. No, no, I mean, forget about that. But I understand this would be close. But when, when she was like, you helped my father in the Clone Wars, yeah. I didn't think it was like one group had clones and the other one had droids. No. I thought it was literally a war about cloning. Yeah, well, you know I, don't, I, mean? I, don't, I don't think he knew either, though, Rich, in fairness. Like, <laughs> like, I don't think... Yeah, but once you've done it, once you get to that point, maybe you should go, listen, this is what I call this. I've got to, I've got to come up with a cool idea, not just be like, we'll just have one of the army be clones. I'm like, well, then why is it a clone war? Yeah, one thing I think's I think hilarious. Going to wet battle against um, who did the clones? The um, the Caminoians. Yeah, I thought that was going to be whatever. try and stop them from making them. 
I tell you a scene I did like when I rewatched it. I think it's in I think it's in the second movie. It's when um, Django Fett and Boba Fett go there to the cloning yeah. place. I think that's a cool scene. Like I think that I, I honestly think what he should have done in all honesty, is just get a different screenwriter and give him his outlines and then let this guy come up with a much better film. Because I think the storyline is interesting enough. It just wasn't sort of fleshed out. It probably has been in other media a lot better than... Because it's interesting. I think every one of those movies has interesting bits. You know what I mean? Like, and enjoyable bits. Like, you don't you don't finish them going, man, that was a shit movie. You sort of like... It was a lot of fun, you know, um, with some weird moments. But what I was going to say is, just prior to the prequels... A couple of years before that, he did actually release all the originals with edits, special edits. He sort of tested the audience, and they made quite a lot of money um, releasing them back in the cinemas for the first time since the eighties. With it was the special editions, Rich, and mm. and I remember him doing that. And me and my friends went and saw them all. They actually they made a lot of money for what were essentially totally old movies with a few different special effects. Dude, uh, you, you know? if you just released Star Wars every 10 years in the cinemas, no added whatever, it would make money. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, what, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. I, I do think Mandalorian Grogger will make money. I think the Ray stuff, I, 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 I could see that actually bombing. I actually could. I, I think that it's just so poisonous, that whole sequel movie thing. There's just, just such trash, you know, honestly. Like... You said you hated them, Tash. I'm with you. Like, I don't know, Rich is. We're all in agreement there. I, I hate them so much I didn't even watch the last movie. Yeah, well, you, you didn't miss much. It's fucking awful. Um, now, so, I only watched half of the second movie. Uh, let me tell you, I, I haven't seen many big screen, you know, big budget movies in the last 20 years that are as bad as Rise of Skywalker. I, it's actually one of the worst... Ooh. You know, like, yes, there have been worse movies, but big budget mainstream, it's one of the worst. And I thought it was absolutely terrible. Like, Last, Je- Last, Je- Last Jedi, even though I don't like it, is a much better movie than Rise of Skywalker, you know? Um, and I don't like Last Jedi. I would not watch it again. Now, we come to something, and I w- this could get me getting some debate. Echo. And I asked this question, is this a show anyone needed? Does anyone even know what she does? Um, yes, I have been reading <laughs> Daredevil for nonstop okay. for 15, 17 years. How long has this Echo character been around, Tash? Not long. I'm pretty yeah, sure Charles will... Chuck Soul, Chucky Soul, Mister. We call it. We call him Mister. Six out of ten here because that's all he ever. He, he always turns in a six out of ten paper. He'll turn it yeah, on time. His Daredevil run. I really like. Okay. It, well, the, towards the it, the end of it though was not great, but it started strong. Okay. Now and the stuff with Echo was good. I I looked at I tried to get Michelle to watch it. She was like, no, and and and, and I am going to watch it for next. Now it's got a sixty-two on Metacritic, which is is not really good or bad. It's it's okay for a mar- a lower tier Marvel show. Um. So Tash, are you going to watch the show? though? that's my question. Yeah, I will. Okay. Now. I didn't know what she even did, so I Googled her, and she's a deaf uh, Native American, martial artist, I believe. Is that correct? That's, yes, I believe so. Yeah. She's, so she's actually fully deaf. Is, it, is she played by yeah. a deaf actress? I 
doubt it. I don't know. Oh, she, she better be. Oh, she gee, better if, be. If, she, if she's not, wouldn't wouldn't the internet be up in arms? How dare know? she take a oh, position away from an actual deaf How person? How many times? She better, yeah. Is she really missing a foot in real life? <laughs> is she really missing she better be. Is she really missing? She, has she not got a foot, Rich? I think in the show isn't she isn't she missing a foot? Doesn't she have like a, no a prosthetic? I have no idea. I don't know. I thought she did. But, Tash, what we're referring to is the thing now is, like, where people are playing characters. They have to have the thing of the character and stuff. Like, they have to be, you know, fucking whatever, have two heads or whatever. Like, you know, that we can't suspend disbelief. Let's look here. She may be deaf. She might be. Let's have a look. Aqualia Fox. Let's see if she's deaf. Oh, Rich! She's an amputee with a prosthetic leg. Very good. Wow. And was born deaf. Born deaf as well. So she's and she's a Native American. Good. So she's she she's a living example of how Disney want to do it yeah. now. You've got a what a shame she isn't trans as well. You know, like because then they could no really... no because the character's not trans, so she can't be trans. Oh yeah, what a shame. Well, I think it's just very. Uh, I mean, that's but that is look. I don't mean to make fun of this poor girl, but like it's so ridiculous that this character is missing a foot and so they have to find an actress who's missing a foot i don't think they had to i think it's convenient that she does and wow she was born on a reservation um and is deaf and to be honest she looks a lot like the character as well well i mean hey look everything's all the cards have been sacked against this poor girl she's been deaf missing a foot born on the reservation and little did she know that created a character all for her and, uh, you know, if we can hopefully watch the show. I'll watch an episode for next but week. Is that, is, is, that, is that what Echo is in the comics? What? I have no idea. A deaf amputee in the comics? Or is that just something for the show? <laughs> I don't know. No, she's deaf, in, she's deaf in the comics. I don't know about the amputee part. I can't remember. <laughs> well, but she's deaf in is the she comics. The, is she the one that's, like, black with white face and Asian or something? Or am I thinking of a different character? In Dead um, I don't think she's... She's not black. I or am I thinking of Lady Bullseye or something like that? I don't know. What is what does black with white to... face mean, Richard? I don't be confused by what that even means. Black with white, like a minstrel. No, no. So the outfit is black, but she's got like the painted geisha sort of white sort of face. So is it like I think black... I might be thinking of Lady Bullseye or something like that, like the the female bullseye. She I does. Could be, I could be confusing. Uh, no, she's got like a a, a oh, white yeah. handprint across her face like painted right. on her face i'm looking at lady bullseye which is like what richard's explaining looks vaguely asian and she's got like a pale skin like domino and a weird sort of black design on her face i don't know she's interesting looking character but anyway tash so if you're coming on next week we expect you to give a full review of this you know yeah i mean can i be honest i i, I couldn't be less excited like echo is the fucking sound of the people who are just going why really like i said to michelle she goes she said what kind of shit character is this and i said it's it's, i said she's got about three fans she's been out for about two years and she's suddenly got a show and there's so many other characters that should be getting shows ahead of echo like echo is just oh guess what created by david mack and joe crusada so joe q created her so the fucking guy running fucking marvel so suddenly i think we're piecing together the fucking pieces here don't you think like the 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 fucking whatever he is, the chief operating officer's favorite fucking character to create is suddenly getting a show. It's all a little convenient, would you think? Am I? Am I... Oh, is she? I was, 
totally you wrong. Hero a villain in the comics? No one knows, Rich. Um, I think week. she's sort of treads both lines. Was she in Charles Sewell's run? Am I insane? I, I thought she was in Charles Sewell's well, she's, run. Well, she I was created in 99 been... as Ronan, apparently, looking at this, in Daredevil 9, December 1999. So probably she's she's been around, but I don't think she's been in much. Well, no, as Echo, she was in Daredevil number 9 as, of, as Ronan, New Avengers 11, in 2005. Well, I don't know. I don't think anyone gives a fuck about this. Game. Oh, you know what? It's probably because wasn't Ronan Hawkeye like yeah. in, a, in a and so obviously they wanted to try and keep using the the Ronan thing, and obviously Echo wasn't that well, popular as Echo, so they probably tried to stick her in the in the Ronan. Wasn't she too. in Hawkeye? I haven't watched it, but I believe did yeah, she? she was. Yeah, she, that was where she she had. But what I'm asking here, and I'm being serious, I'm not just taking shots here, although I am. Do we really think that Echo needed a TV show, or do no, we? Yeah, not. yeah. That, that's what I'm trying to get to. Like, Marvel have themselves to blame for some of this stuff fizzling because nobody fucking cares about Echo, like at all. Like, I know they've got Vincent Onofrio in it, and they're, and they're trying to prop the show up on his shoulders, which is the only reason I'd even look at it. You know, because Vincent Onofrio, great actor, playing Kingpin, so they're they're going to try to do it that way. But the actual character, like, it's so shit. It's like when Evangeline Lily's like, what oh. I really want to do now is a Wasp movie. No one wants to see it, Evangeline Lily. Like, really? Oh, she's not. Oh, she's not deaf in the comic. Oh, she's I, deaf now. You, she's she, called. She's called Echo because she can copy other people's moves like Taskmaster. And they said they came out and said they're not copying the comics' powers, which was kind of hilarious. Because in in the Daredevil run, there is a. Car- okay, maybe I'm thinking because in the Charles Soul Daredevil run, there is someone he comes across who is deaf and she has powers. No, she is. She is also an accomplished concert pianist, ballet dancer. In addition, she's also deaf. Well, who knows? Oh, fair enough. How could you? Can I ask a question? And I don't mean this to sound insensitive. It would be hard to be a pianist deaf, wouldn't it? I would have thought. Yeah, but she's a superhero. So. Oh, so she's allowed to. Like, can I just say? When they came up with the idea of Echo, they probably should have just put it in the waste paper bin because it sounds so fucking terrible. Like, you know. I, and then, they, well, and then they're like, and she's missing a foot too. Like, <laughs> I think they, like... Must, I, I, you know what? We must be on different sites because I'm reading one with her powers and abilities and stuff and all that, and there's nothing in here that says that she's deaf. So maybe it's just... Maybe she is, but some people don't write it in or something. I don't know. Or well, maybe they retconned it to later. She was well, she was cured. I'm sure in the soul run she's deaf. Because I remember that's what made me interested in her. Because I was really? like, oh, a blind guy facing off with a it's deaf. It's weird that you would call someone Echo who's deaf, though. <laughs> yeah. Because Echo's all about ears and bats and I, I like, and Tash, you've come up with a good one there. A blind guy facing it. They, what they should have had is a blind guy fighting Echo, a deaf, and also put a mute in there. And then... She was also her host of the Phoenix Force, apparently. <laughs> of course she was. In one of... Maybe that'll be in your omnibus, Tash. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not, yeah. I don't... Um, like, mm. it's truly... Mm. Um, mm. They didn't need... Hawkeye doesn't need a show. Fucking... So he, many he, people... He, he, he doesn't. Be... He doesn't, but at least... He, I agree, he doesn't, but at least he had that fucking run, which was acclaimed. I'm not saying he deserved a show, but they had something. Echo's got not even that. 
you know. Oh, I don't know. Shame. He was the poor bugger, the only Avenger that didn't have his own movie. Yeah, but no one <laughs> wanted it, man. No one wanted to see it. No like, one And can I just say, like, I, I'm going to say this right now. Uh, Jeremy Renner, he's a cool guy, but, oh, like, but he, he, fair, he only got the show to pass it off to um, yeah, Kate. So, I mean, yeah. th that show wasn't for him. That was for Kate. Right. I like her a lot more. But also they only did it because the only decent thing about Hawkeye was Matt Fraction's run. So that's the only material yeah. they had. Well, that's what they used in the TV show. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's my point. Well, that's easily the best stuff. I mean, he's in a lot of Avengers shit, but it, it's only if you like Avengers shit, which I don't. Um, now, we have a segment here coming, I think, from Michael Kellershim, the Thank the Lord We Don't Live in California section. This is interesting. Uh, this is open for discussion, guys. A new law went into effect in California which requires large stores to have a gender-neutral toy section. Uh, blah, blah, blah. All about the, the bill, which we don't need to quote. But basically saying it needs to have... Items for children, regardless of whether they have been traditionally marketed for either girls or boys, um, since the state government failed to specifically mention what a gender-neutral toy aisle will look like, penalties should be common, helping the California find the stores with a $500 fee for each offence. That is crazy. Um, you have a $68 billion budget deficit, out-of-control crime, poop covering the streets, and they're worrying about regulating the toy aisle. Now, gender-neutral um, toys... I would have thought we've gone a bit beyond that. I, I thought they now marketed toys to, you know, like... Well, I was going to say, I don't know about America, but here we don't have boys' aisles and girls' aisles. They're we just to. toys, and we they, they to. may be grouped together in what they are. Like, you'll have the action figures there, you'll have the puzzles here and all that, but there's nothing that says boys' toys and girls' toys. I didn't know. I mean, if they still have it in America, that's weird. Well, I, I don't know. Back in the day, and I'm, we're going back to the 80s here and 90s, uh, you would go into like a Kmart, you know, to buy my Transformers, like a little, you know, capitalist that I was. I'd get march in there with my pocket money and um, or with my mother begging her to buy me something. And um, it was very much like you had the girl aisle, which was Barbie and all the assorted other stuff. And then you had the... The sort of military no, no, no. toys. Yeah, you, you still group it up because you group the toys by what they are. But my point is we've never had signs that say these are boys' toys, these are girls' toys. Mm. Oh, we mm. did when I was a kid, though. Like, you'd go into Toys R Us and, like, it was it was very much segregated. Like, the girl aisle either sometimes did say for girls and it was all very pink yeah, and it's all pink and decorated shit. and i was more always more interested in the boy but yeah. i but i but think I mean, they still have that no, right? we don't have we don't, they don't have that anymore no don't they no, no. you go you go into the came or the target it's just toys like okay. it's yeah, just, all... just toys all together but, yeah, like, yeah. They, they keep all the like the Mario stuff together. They keep all the Marvel stuff together. They keep all the puzzles together. They, you know, yeah, what I mean, like it's all grouped it. in what the the toys are, but, as in like yeah. uh, uh, you know um, the functionality of the toys. But they don't group them in like okay, this is all the boys, and now on the other side you've got all the girls. Right. It's kind of mixed. It's kind of mixed, but they're all right. grouped by what the toys are. Because back in the day, I'm, and I'm going on memories from childhood, they were very. It was very much like here's where my sister mm. would go, you know, as a, she was yeah. all into Barbies, and here's where Davy would just like. Spend and all I them. know this because I've got eight nieces and nephews, and I'm yeah. always being sent into Kmart or Target for yeah. my sisters because I work in a shopping center, and they was like, "Can you pop in and see if they've got this?" Yeah. So I'm very familiar with fucking toys. Yeah, 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 and, and it makes sense that if you've got all the Legos, that they would all be together, wouldn't it? I would have thought. 
Why would you separate yeah. it? Like, and if but, you've got like, all the bubble, I'm glad that we will. I'm glad we don't do that because I'm sorry. As a kid, I was always more interested in like the action figures, and I had a, I wanted a Batman thing, but I felt like because I was a girl, I, I like I I couldn't really do that, and I'm glad that it's sort of more yeah, come on. relaxed and all together. Like at the end of the day, I mean, if little Susie wants a Batman, God bless her, you know. Yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd buy her a Batman. You know, I wouldn't be one of those parents where they're like, you're going to have Batgirl because you're a girl. And she's like, I want Batman. No, you get Batgirl. <laughs> she's like, Batgirl sucks. <laughs> no. Okay. But what if you have a boy and he wants... Barbie. Yeah, what if he wants a Barbie? <sighs> you have to roll with the punches these days, Tash. You know, you just have to be okay with that now. That's the way it is. Good. Yeah. I'm not happy about it, but, yeah. I don't know. I think personally, you should try and get a, a, a decent array of different types of toys for the kids. I don't know. You've got to roll yeah. with the. You've got no. Like, in all honesty, in all honesty, you've got to roll with the punches. I think these days, you know, and um, you know, if you ask my dad that question, you'd be getting a very response from 1942. Um, whereas I'm sort of more like, at the end of the day, does it matter? You know, these kids. Mm-hmm. They, also, these kids today, God knows what the fuck they're into. You know, really. You know, like, it, it, there's a lot of shit out there. Uh, and I and I don't think... I think we skim the surface of it. I think we try to understand it from our own lens. But what they're playing with and what they're into could be a million miles away from what adults think. Yeah, but kids also, they chop and change as well. Yeah, like, exactly, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. just let a kid have whatever they want. If they want a Barbie, I, I give agree. them a Barbie. No, I, no I, in, all, in all fairness, being serious, I agree with you. Um, and you can't force it anyway. What are you going to do? I, like, I would be that terrible parent. I'd be like, no, yeah. but only because you've got too many toys at home and you'll be done with it in a week and I'm not oh, buying that's, anymore. That's fair. Well, that's fair. That's fair. But, like, yeah, they can't mom, just have whatever the fuck they want. You, no, seriously, you should see my sister's places, man. There are so many fucking toys, and then every year these kids get more toys, and I'm like, you don't need any more toys. Well, I they say need to that play with the ones they got, man. They need to play with the ones uh, they got. I'm sort of agreeing, but then I'm remembering my classified collection that just keeps growing, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I won't speak. I won't speak too loudly. <laughs> I've got my Desert Eyes Snake, um, Snake Eyes Desert Commando, by the way, and it's fucking glorious. I've been waiting for this figure for so long, but yeah, you've got to like. This is the thing. You, the, this is the thing with kids. I think, like, and Rich, you would know this with all the nephews and nieces and stuff. Like, what they're into today. A week later or a month later, it could be one thousand percent different. You know, mm. like, and, and you know what? That, that joke is absolutely true. Where you buy them a big toy and they end up playing with the box. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. absolutely true. Yeah, it's, it's it is it is, and they're influenced, I'm sure, as well by um, you know what people are around them are into and whatever's big in kidland at that exact second. God knows, you know, we don't know, you know. Like, you know, mm. you'll have some idea as a parent, but a lot of, you know, in the schoolyard and stuff, like, God knows what, what, what they're into and whatever's the flavour of the month and, you know, how, how into it are they. And it's all very hard to predict. But anyway, um, now there's a CGC scandal. With CGC, Rich, are the grading company, yeah, in the States where you can go and get your books I so, graded yes. and all this other shit, which I've never bothered to do. Um, this is an expose by Michael Kellishim, um, a discovery was exposed that con men were swapping out graded comic books with lower rated copies. The scam was this. A person would submit a comic for grading to CGC. So you have to send it away, I believe. It would come mm. back with a particular grade, for example, a grade 9. The con man would then crack open the slab 
swap out the high grade nine comic with a lower grade and send it back to CGC for re-slabbing, which they do when the plastic stem is damaged. So the comic could sell a grade five comic off as a nine, and then list it for sale on eBay, because um, I guess they purloined the 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 um, the nine. This sent a wave of fear and trembling through collectors who will pay hundred dollars more for a comic based solely on the number grade. Even before this, CGC was a scam. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I do think it's been a scam for years. Not because of the comment. Talk to enough professional collectors and they'll all have a variation of the same story. They send a book down for grading, expecting a particular grade based on condition. It comes back far lower than it, they expected. So they re crack up in the case and resubmit the same comic for a new grade and lo and behold, it comes back a higher grade. In one case, a retailer had a comic go from yellow pages to white pages and the grade went up a full number. This scam is what collectors, is, uh, you know, he then, he then goes on and, um, yeah, he's basically saying these people deserve to be conned. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. They don't deserve to be conned. I think this is, it's criminal activity and, um, fuck, I'd love the cops to fucking bust into some fucking comic geek's house and kick him around yeah. and, like, you know, take the comics back and a bit of street justice out the back with some batons, um, Dread style. Um, do you think that's what's needed, Tash? I, I mean, I think that might be feels right. Doesn't it? Excessive, excessive force. Oh. Break a few fingers. Oh. Can we break a few fingers at least? You know these fucking I, con men. I have a friend who's like he gets a lot of his cards graded. Yeah, like that would. I mean, I could never see the point. No, um. I, I couldn't care less. But I guess it's important if he's going to flip them because I think that's where it matters. You know. Yeah. But he's yeah, but thing, that's uh, why that's why all this grading needs to be done at a center in person, right? No, I don't think you should be sending your shit off for grading. You should be like, no, where, where's your offices? Where's your <laughs> where's your premise? I shall bring it in, and you can grade it there in front of me. Thank you. Right, but the but the whole industry is based around people send it away. It must cost a fortune, like to the for, for fucking uh, postage and stuff. Like maybe it's a bit cheaper in the states, and. You know, there's people out there who are making money, you know, which this would directly affect. But also, couldn't the cops ease... Like, once you've got a few examples of this, these eBay accounts, can't the cops track back from there to get to catch these people? Yeah, but it's going to be very difficult to prove which ones they did swap and which ones they didn't and which well, ones are the scale. I mean, that's going to be very difficult. I don't know. It feels like it feels like the, this case could be cracked wide open. Because or, I don't think that they have serial numbers on them, do they? I don't know. <laughs> Rich, what I need is my own private police force of about five guys, batons, guns. As you've said every year, Dave. Batons, guns, and like a license to and not kill. it didn't take us that long in 2024 for you to want your own police force again. Yeah, and like I want the authority that these guys can travel anywhere in the States and they can bust in their houses and um, use excessive force. They can threaten spouses. Um and really go to town dread style laws. So what you're saying is you want the Gestapo, yeah? Hey, I didn't say that. Richard, that's <laughs> that's offensive. You didn't need to gee, say that's it. A, gee, that's offensive, Rich. Gee, I'm offended, I'm just bro. Reading, Dave, I'm just reading between the lines. I'm hey, just trying to feel what you're putting down. I, that's all. All I'm trying to do is 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 uh, enforce the laws as I see them. You know, yeah, and that's I'm all I need. The one that, I, I'm not the one that gave the description. Mm. But I tell you what... Do you like when I said threatened spouses? Where the fuck is he? Don't lie to me, bitch. That kind of stuff. You know, like, <laughs> like mm. smash stuff around the house. Like, like do the, you like this TV? Bang. Put a big hole through it. You like it now? Tell me where he is. <laughs> you got the wrong house. He lives across the road. Oh, sorry. Bye. <laughs> yeah. 
It'd be so good. No, okay. no, oh, no, no. You've, you've watched too many movies. Okay, veteran t- British TV director Toby Haynes, who helmed the USS Callister episode of Black Mirror, which I actually do want to watch that episode. I never watched it. And the prison set episodes of the first season of Andor, a show that I seriously found so fucking boring and everyone loved, apart from me, um, is now directing a movie in the world of Star Trek. They've reportedly hired him to do a new one with J.J. Abrams producing it, um, Seth Graham Smith as writer. Uh, story details are under wraps, but this is separate from a fourth and final chapter in the main Abrams-produced series of movies. Now, I do believe I read that they think that it's going to be uh, set before Kirk um, and after someone else. Oh, uh, Archer from Enterprise. So after Archer, but before Kirk. So. Oh, did you well. hear this thing that apparently they would, they did like this big thing of like, um, it was like a, a Star Trek celebration or something, mm. and they did this promotional stuff, and they almost had like every single like captain and, you know, uh, cool. person on it, except for Kirk. Yeah, well, he doesn't bother to get out of bed unless they pay him. No, no, but not any, like, no. So it was different versions, right? Yeah. They had different characters from different shows, different movies different timelines, all that sort of crap. They didn't get a single actor, not even the new actor, right. playing Kirk in no Kirk whatsoever. Oh, not, really? not just William Shatner, no Kirk. Wow. Trying to retcon Kirk. Mm. Fuck them. That's my response. Fuck them. Because you know what? He's the best captain. Picard comes very close. Why far? Yeah, but but Captain Kirk... Well, you know, seriously, dude, like, at the, we're cynical of Disney. I'm cynical of Paramount and how they've, you know, done the Star Trek franchise. Like, and also, like, Star Trek wouldn't be and have been what it was without William Shatner anyway. You could say, love him or hate him, he has his pluses and his minuses, but he was massive as Captain Kirk. And there really should be a statue and bust of him at the fucking offices because, like, that's how big he was to the franchise. And to try to retcon him out, why? Because he's 80-something years old and he won't do it unless you pay him? Well, fuck them. Like, pay him, you know, and then he'll do it, you know? But why should he do shit for free for them, you know? That's fine. Uh, I just, I still think it's weird that you have almost every Star Trek character on there, like, of importance, but not Kurt. That's just... Yeah. Are you going to be watching this this new movie before Kirk and after Archer, Tash, or are you just saying no thank you? Mm, I quite liked... I don't know much about... The most I've ever seen of Star Trek is the J.J. Abrams, and yep. while I liked them, like I yeah. was not like mad into them, so probably yeah. not. That's but. fair enough. Now, I have something. And what about you, Rich? Were you watching this movie with Bader Breath? Mm, I've kind of given up on Star Trek. I've kind of given up on it a bit too, and I kind of am more happy just to watch older stuff from Star Trek back when it was good. Um, yeah. Now, um, I have a I have a movie review, which absolutely... This Hunger Games prequel film. I, I um, Have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah, I watched it with Michelle and her mother the other day. We all loved it. I thought it was excellent. Um, what did you think, Tash? Yeah, I really liked it. I love, it's funny, I started, I'm going to start watching, re-watching Hunger Games tonight. I yeah. love those books, like crazy. Oh, they're great. Them. They're great. I've read them all. I haven't read the prequel book. Um, no, I haven't read it either yet. I've got it now to watch. But I seriously, this movie is pretty excellent if you're a Hunger Games fan. It's way more brutal than you would think, too. Like, it's more primitive, Rich. It's back 20 years, more than 20 years, 40, 50 years before, when literally it's just held in one room, a uh, big amphitheater. It's pretty fucking cool. 
actually. Rich, have you seen this Hunger Games movies? I have nothing to add to this conversation. Oh, Jesus. That's right, Rich. Too cool for school. I've never seen the movies, never read the books. I literally have nothing to add to this conversation. Yeah. You should. They're so yeah. clever. Yeah. And you just, Rich, fake it till you make it, man. Next time I ask you a question like that, just say, oh, it's okay, not too bad. No, you know, Rich has just given up. This is Rich. That's, a, that's, that's a lie, though, Dave. That's okay, Rich. I don't care if you lie. Um, yeah, I care. Yeah, anyway, it, I want to give it a heavy recommend. It got 8 out of 10 from all three of us. What would you give it out of 10, Tash? Um... I think I'd give it a seven only because I felt like they didn't, I think they needed to expand Snow's sort of Mm. descent into being evil more. Like I I think they did it too quick, but the girl that played Lucy Gray, she was like amazing. She was good. Um, She was really good. And I think they left it open to do another one at the end. You know, it felt like, it felt like that to me anyway. Did you get the whole thing of, Katniss singing the ha- the hanging tree, which is what sets mm. snow off mm. so massively. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I did. It was Lucy Gray's song. Well, they kept mentioning Katniss, so she survived at the end, though it seemed, even though he may have shot her. It seemed like she got away. Would you yeah, agree? I think it's unknown, but yeah, that I don't think. I think even in the book, she doesn't sort of um, expand. Like, you don't know for sure whether she's still alive, but that the song was part of District 12 anyway. And Um, am I right in saying that his cousin is going to grow up to be the lady who's the weird publicist lady? Um, No, his cousin is Tigress, who in Mockingjay, she's, like, got a cat. You know how some of them get, like, animal... um, features right like that's part of like the capital oh design. so she i'm if i'm remembering correctly she and snow don't talk and she hides katniss and gail and their team and dresses them up and um stuff so i'm pretty sure that's tigress oh because i thought you know the chick i'm talking about the one who was like sort of the the PR person, like the hype, the hype woman. Remember her, the weird one. Effie Trinket. Yes, that's that. I thought no. that. I thought that might have been her, but okay. But she. No. Okay. All right. Well, look, it's a very. I thought it was really good. And can I say, in the in today's age where everything's so PCified, I thought it had a bit of a brutal edge to it. It was really cool. Very brutal. How about how they had the fucking downstream kid and the crippled kids going into it? I was like, Jesus Christ, who the fuck picked them? Like, they're going to be hammered, um, you know? Yeah, that was really brutal. That was pretty bad. Even I was like, oh, shit, that's, that's harsh, you know? Well, I suppose that's the point, though. Yeah, but, um, like, but remember back in the future sort of ones, they're sort of more rigged. You, you, you know how people get them? It's, back then it was more random, um, it seemed like. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. they had career, um, yes. career tributes. Exactly. And things like that, who had, like, pre-training and things it's like that. It's pretty good shit. Like, seriously, Rich, I think you'd enjoy it, man. It's actually yeah, pretty see, good. The, the, if I had lied now and said, yeah, it's pretty good, you would have asked me to respond to all that shit that you just said that went over my head. That's okay, Richard. Well, I've got a new section on the show called Trafficking in Rumours. This is where Dave looks at some rumours to discuss. Marvel bosses refuse to replace disgraced 
and soon-to-be-imprisoned Jonathan Majors with a radioactive Will Smith. Why would you replace Jonathan Majors with Will Smith? Replace him with someone who's not fucking tainted himself, like, really, honestly. like I don't think anyone... I don't think they were, I don't think they were ever going to replace him with Will Smith. Yeah, radio. I don't understand why they don't just replace him with the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Which one's that? Even... Remind me. Ooh. Oh, the... I, I, yeah, I know the guy. Yeah, the high evolutionary. Someone yeah. online had the best response. They need to replace him with Terrence Howard. <laughs> That's actually good. Oh, that is a good idea. That's a funny idea. Yeah, that, I, I'd like that. But replace him with someone because, seriously, that piece of shit, I hope he goes away for 10 years. Um, Me too. Rumors, this is a good rumour. Rumours on fan sites that King Thanos, who essentially won an endgame in a different universe, is the big bad slash main villain in Avengers 5. I hope that's not the case. What, more Thanos? Is that what we need? We like, definitely don't. What, what do we need? More Thanos. We didn't get enough Thanos, like, as the big bad. Let's bring him back. It's like, I'd almost say, could you bring anyone else in other than more Thanos? I think we've had enough Thanos to last us, like, for a while. Um, and I did say, though, if, if King Thanos does come back, let's hope Ms. Marvel and Echo aren't the only things that stand in his way. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Imagine where everyone no, else. No, is, it's going to be the Young Avengers. It's going to be Echo missing a foot and deaf, and Ms. Marvel. With it's going to be Echo, Cassie, Cassie, Kate, Cassie, Kamala, Kamala Khan, Cassie Lang, but most of oh, the powerful and, thing whining. And Scar, and Scar, Hulk son. I don't even. Oh yeah, him. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah, about Thanos yeah. would just be like, you guys aren't worth, well, aren't worth, aren't worth the price money. Okay, I'm not taking this fight. I don't know. What do you think, Tash? Uh, what do you want as the big bad? Give us, give us your. You're coming in with a fresh, young take. You're a lot younger than Rich and me. Who's the big bad that you want? You know, the next Thanos. Who do you want out of all the comic characters? You know, because like most of my experience has not been like Avengers. Like most of my reading has not been well, Avengers. Just name whoever. It doesn't matter. It can be yeah. fucking whoever. Doctor Doom, if you want, I don't care. But you need some. You need. Oh, yeah. You need someone. Doom would be cool. Yeah, there you go. Um, You're a good girl. That's why I like you, Tash. You know, I say things like that. You agree with me? Doctor, yeah, Doctor Doom is cool though. Um, Make it Loki. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We haven't milked Loki dry enough. We need more Loki. Yeah, make um, it Loki, but make it the uh, oh shit. What's his name? Uh, the Grant guy from the the TV show. Um, I don't even know. What you mean, Owen that, Wilson? No, the actor that played the OG Loki in the TV oh, show. Oh, Richard Richard E. Grant. Yeah, Richard E. Grant. Yeah, make yeah, yeah make him the villain. Yeah. I could live without that. I, I, everyone was going so. Like I'll be honest, everyone got excited. I thought he looked so lame. I, I, I honestly thought. It no, was, but Richard E. Grant is, is a fantastic actor. He's a great actor, Rich. But like you know, when they say like doing the exact costume, I thought it looked fucking awful. No, no, no. I'm not saying that exact one, yeah. but a newer version, a, a more badass, deadly version yeah, yeah. of yeah. his Loki. And he's a very good actor, I agree. But we don't need Loki to be the big bad. Like, that would just be like, oh, God, really? No, like, do it. Do it. Do it. Just to you, please you. you. You're at the bottom of the barrel right now. Just do it. No, I think Doctor Doom. I think we've... we've no, you don't waste Doctor Doom on this shit. <laughs> Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom shows up and he sees Echo with her one foot. And she's deaf. She can't work out what anyone's saying. And um, there's like oh, she wouldn't be able to read his lips because of his mask. <laughs> She'll be struggling, won't she? She'll be like, "What the fuck is he saying?" Um, Cassie Lang, main power, whining. 
Um, <laughs> you know, Scar, son of Hulk, who we've never seen since. You know, he turned up for one scene and that was it. Um, yeah, all the losers. They could call it the loser gang. <laughs> the loser gang's turned up. Ms. Marvel with her big hands. Oh, she's going to be a big threat to Doctor Doom. How's he going to No, she doesn't him? have that. She's got different powers in the MCU. Oh, great. Even worse, I'm sure. She's got light powers. She doesn't, just, she doesn't even just have friggin' big hands in the comics. That's not her power okay. base anyway. Okay. What is it? Because that's well, mostly what she does. Stretchy. She's basically she's just Mr. Fantastic. She's a little stretchy, yeah? That's part of it, but it's not all. Well, of she it. can stretch. She can grow. She's basically <laughs> Giant Man and Mister and uh, Mister Fantastic rolled up into one. Tash, I have no idea. Um, I think it's more than that. Yeah, Tash, we'll stop. We'll stop making fun of Ms. Marvel just for you because it's just too, it's just too tempting, you know. And we could riff forever, but the problem is, Rich and I have probably read zero of Ms. Marvel in her. Have you read Have you read a page of Ms. Marvel ever, Rich? I don't think I ever have. Uh, maybe an appearance Miss Marvel no no remember when she died and when Spider-Man was suddenly her best friend and just couldn't like the, the, the grief stricken cover with Spider-Man like mourning her like his best buddies yeah, in the world I, I know it happened but I didn't I didn't read that I, I mean like, I read it in the what was the book she did that was with the young Nova and the young Cyclops yeah. Champions I think yeah, I, I read a little bit of that and that was pretty awful that so was I awful yeah but anyway, now I had a question, um, David Michelini, and he's the other guy, uh, Tash, who I would say if you're ever going to read Iron Man, his Iron Man run is the one to read. Um, okay. He had two really good runs on Iron Man with Bob Layton, uh, who's, a, who's a really great artist, and it was one of them was in the late 70s to very early 80s, and then they came back in about 86, 87 and did another, like, three-year stint, and it's really good. It's all collected in um, Masterworks and Epic Collections, um, that is the other Iron Man run outside of Matt Fraction I would heavily recommend. Now, I had a question to David Michelini because I was mentioning to him, I just read the Doom Quest one where him and Doctor Doom go back to Camelot together. Um, it's a really cool story um, in like Iron Man 150. Anyway, and I said to him, when you were writing it, did Rhodey know that Iron Man was Tony Stark? And um, he said, uh, yeah, Nightmare was one of my f personal favourites. Bob, JR, um, John Romita Jr., and I had a great time with that. As for your question, yes, things change as new editors and writers come into the picture. But when we handled the character, Rhodey knew Tony was Iron Man literally from the start. We actually did a flashback story where Copter Jock Rhodey encountered Tony in Nam when I think when he was in the original bulky grey armour. He was escaping from the cave in the armour. Uh, it was issue 144. He says, of course, that origin is too dated now. Stark and Rhodes would be in their 80s now, but that's how we saw the characters back then. So I thought that was really interesting. That, and I, I read the issue, and it's exactly that, that Rhodey comes across, his helicopter's been shot down, and he comes across Iron Man sort of staggering away from the cave, like he lost in the jungles himself, and, he, you know, blah, 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 and, and they managed to get back to safety. And, yeah, Rhodey knows that Iron Man is Tony from the very beginning, which I think is cool. So, you know, a little bit of history there. Now, Rebel Moon um, was Zack Snyder project. Um, my God, uh, people have been hammering this. I have not seen it. Rich, you had some thoughts on this. Have you seen it yet or you haven't seen it yet? So, uh, I, so I decided to wait, right? Mm -hmm. And what I did was it came out and I looked at reviews, okay? And it was mm. just shredded by critics, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, like 20-something percent or something like that. But then, obviously, it had, like, 
almost 80% uh, audience score. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, maybe this is one of those things where, you know, the critics hate it, but the fans love it. But then I said, no, oh, hang on a second, hang on a second. That could just be the Snyder fans. Sure. Like, it's just come out, and they fucking like, ah, oh, Snyder, fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait another week. Yeah. And I just want to see what the reviews, the audience reviews are like there. And what I noticed over that week that I was waiting, they just dropped and dropped and dropped. And I think as more normies or mm. just, you know, regular people sort of started watching it, they were like, fuck. But I think early on the Snyder, because I think the Snyder fans love Snyder no matter what he does. Like, oh, honestly, yeah. he can he can yeah. take a shit on the sidewalk and they'll fucking yeah. praise it to the moon. And it's gotten down to like, it was, as I said, it was almost like 80% and now it's, what, down to like almost... 50% or something like that. Wow. So it has, it's had dropped constantly. And all, anyone I've spoken to who I know that has watched it either said I started and didn't finish it, watched about an hour and, and just was too bored, or they said it was just terrible. Like yeah. it was one of my, uh, one person said even it was the slow mo had slow mo. <laughs> and I was just like, oh man, this doesn't sound. And then I've watched some snippets and all that. And one, I don't think the lead actress can act yeah. <laughs> from just. Just the, the the snippets I saw of some of her scenes, um, and it just again it just looks like a typical Snyder, all flash, no substance. Mm. Okay, that, that's just where the idea gets. So yeah. I probably am not going to rush to to watch this at, at any point. I will watch it for next episode. But um, my friend Ivor gave it a very poor review. He quoted, "This is a quote: Fancy slow motion isn't going to mask away the atrocious script, dialogue, disjointed timelines, and random intertwining of random characters." He really disliked it. He actually said, "Don't bother, Dave. It's not worth it." Um, Tash, will you be delving into the the Snyder Rebel Moon? Absolutely not. Yeah, it just feels I like it, it. Just feels yeah. like a chore. It's like something you. You would almost get for doing time, you know, like you've got to go watch this shit movie. Um, isn't it? Isn't it funny that um, that like he's so loved? Like I do like some of the stuff he's done, but you know, I don't know. I, I'm not surprised by these reviews at all. Yeah, but again, the best stuff he's done is stuff where it's either an it's basically an adaptation of a, a, a graphic novel or a book, sure. or someone else's script. Like by the way, so it's not that, like, not that great an achievement because he basically copies the graphic novel frame by frame. Which, look, I don't have an issue with that because that's what a storyboard is. I mean, if, if you pay someone, like, in a movie to storyboard your movie, that's essentially what the graphic novel is. I mean, you've still got to bring it to life. You've still got to get the good actors. Uh, but I do think he works better when he has structure. When it is mapped out, when someone has already worked out the dialogue and all that sort of stuff, he can really make it look good. Like, it re- like when you watch his Watchmen, it is the page come to life. And I don't think many people could do that, like, mm. as well as he does. So I will give him his credit there. Mm. But anything that he's done that's original, mm. right? Like, what was it? Sucker Punch and his fucking Super- his Man of Steel and, and, and the, the Batman v Superman, where he said, like, had a much more direct mm. creative control of it. Now this, I just think it's... I don't think he's... Even his, I don't think he knows good movies. story. I don't movies. think he knows good story. Yeah, his zombie movies aren't great. Um, 
I expected no, more. God, no. I expected more from the zombie movies. Well, the, the, his best one was the Dawn of the Dead remake, but that oh, was yeah. a script by James Gunn. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's a great one. No, I really like that one. I'm talking about the more recent ones he did at Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the what was it? What's it called? No, um, I forget. Army of the Dead or something. Uh, yeah, isn't it? something like that. Yeah, yeah. The, there's two of them. There's 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 that one. Then there's a prequel one, which is worse as well, about the clockmaker. Yeah. I think he look. I think he's talented, but I don't think he's a talented director. Mm. Okay, um, so Tash, you be you be giving this one a big miss, and and Dave will do the duty for the signal. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my friend watched it last mm. week, not knowing, and he said it was terrible. Yeah, I think your friend might be right. Um, now, Star Wars Outlaws is a new game coming, Rich, which I thought you might be interested in. Um, it's no, all... it's your game, Dave. This is for you. Well, it sounds cool. It's all about Jabba it's, the Heart. It's so Ubisoft, bro. It's made by Ubisoft. It's open world. It's full it, of Ubisoft fucking dots and, and icons. And, this sounds like my kind of cup of tea. Shit. It, this game is for you. This is your Star Wars game. When's bro. this fucking game coming out, Rich? Because I want this uh, game. Well, this year. I don't know exactly when, but it's coming out 2024. Okay. Well, anyway, so um, it's Jabba the Hutt will be in Star Wars Outlaws, and the main character, Kay Vess, can take on missions for him and even betray him. And while the game is a large open-world game, the creative director, Julian Geraiti, has said it will be a manageable game and will not be some 200 or 300 epic hour uh, unfinishable RPG. So, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited for it. Like, it's this sounds like fun, man. Like, I don't know why you're, 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 you're you know, you've got... I, I, watched the, I watched the gameplay trailer of it. It looked terrible to me. No, I think it sounds fun. Um, it looks so Ubisoft. You know the game The Division? It's so The Division. Ugh. Okay. Well, I, don't, I haven't played The Division. I, I know some guys who really got into it. The game is set in the year between the year between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. That's very specific. No, that's where they set in everything now. D- don't, don't you love it, Tash, where they're like, it's set between like scene one and two of Empire Strikes Back. Like when, when, when Han Solo is going down the corridor and takes a turn, it's set there. You know, is it? But isn't it hilarious that the whole like Disney was like, we're gonna do our own thing, mm. right? In fact, we even our sequels are gonna totally fuck up the original actor. You know what I mean? Their stories, their arcs, their characters. But now we're mil- now we're milking it. Now we fucked up so bad, yeah, we're yeah. literally just milking that period of time now. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. They're like they just want you to forget about the shit, you know, so that they can conveniently wipe it all away themselves at some later date. You know. Not really. I mean, if they're doing a Ray movie, then they're clearly not wiping anything away. Ugh. I don't think anyone wants to see that Ray movie. Like, oh, I, I, I think she's not even just her. Just that whole sequel thing. I think it's as the lowest popularity it's ever been. I think enthusiasm is so low for that. You know, really, I really do. Like, I just think it's. I think that movie might actually bomb. Like, might be oh. a, the first Star Wars bomb bomb. It is something that I am waiting for. Is they actually um, remastering um, um, uh, an old uh, uh, Star Wars game, uh, Star Wars Dark Forces? Mm. It's the it's the original first person sort of Doom like shooter cool. that features Cal Katarn. Now this is not canon, obviously. This is now Legends EU, mm-hmm. but they are remastering the first that first game with like you know better graphics and um, just up in the quality and all that. So I'm fucking dead that should be coming at the end of february i'm so down for that that i will be playing yeah that's cool that that's very cool yeah i mean the original death star stealing bastard Kalkaton. yeah yes. right did he steal the original plans did he yeah the ones that are stolen in the first movie yes okay cool 
Um, and there's more news coming from Jason Statham is playing uh, Levon Cade in the Levon Cade novels. Yeah. Um, Three picture deal apparently, and um, yeah, it's moving ahead. Isn't so. that normal though? Do yeah. they generally sign actors for three picture deals just in case? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it all depends on how it goes. Um, I mean, fingers crossed for Chuck Dixon because I, you know, I really hope this one has got legs. Stallone's behind it. Um, yeah, should be. I think really interesting. I think Stallone's got a writing credit on it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it, big time. Um, Kamaka Kalashim had some news on Aquaman. Jesus Christ, if a movie ever opened to just apathy, was it not Aquaman? Seriously, Aquaman mm-hmm. 2. Would you agree, Tash? Like, this movie, you wouldn't have almost known it was out, you know? I thought the first one was just the dumbest thing I'd ever watched, yeah. so well, yeah. Get ready, get ready for number two, because number yeah. two's, number two's <laughs> got you covered. <laughs> Um, no, but like I, I, like I famously didn't mind bits of the first one because I thought it took influence from video games with the soldiers that came up. That was the only bit I liked. Um, but uh, it was a poor movie. But it made forty million in the US, eighty million internationally. Uh, yeah, in, in comparison to twenty eighteen, Aquaman made sixty seven million in the, in the US. So reduction there. It had a fifty percent drop in the second week to finish second behind Wonka. Um, which has actually brought in a lot of money, Wonka. It's been a big hit. Um, yeah, that's shocking to me. We, yeah, we're very shocking to me. I, I wouldn't have anticipated Wonka it would have been a absolutely hit. awful. There's nothing else out, and it's mm. school holidays. Why is that shocking to you both? Well, I just, it just looks like such an awful movie. Yeah, yeah. but kids are on holidays. They will literally just go to the movies to watch Anything. anything that's there. Dion yeah, took his kid and went and saw it. He said it was good. Um, if we want to take his word for it. Um, but anyway, <laughs> like anyway, look at the end of the day, Warner Brothers has three films which are brought in over seven hundred million dollars in December: Aquaman, Wonka, and Color Purple. Um, but that's all together. So yeah, I don't know. And it, it, it was crushed basically. Aquaman has made three hundred and thirty-four million, only a hundred million dollars uh, domestic US. Um, Aquaman two reportedly cost two hundred and fifteen. So you, you add in marketing, etc. It's you know it's not. It's not making much money. Like, oh, it's not a surprise, though. I don't think anyone anticipated Aquaman 2 was going to make a ton. Um, so, Mike Killersham's got a thing here. Superhero fatigue is real. Not counting Aquaman 2, of the seven superhero movies released in 2023, four were outright bombs, Marvel's Blue Beetle, Shazam and Flash, while only Ant-Man 3, Spider-Verse 2 and Gardens of Galaxy made up the top ten... Uh, they made the top ten uh, highest-grossing film charts. Hmm. Well, Spider-Man, Spider-Verse 2 made a lot of money. How did Ant-Man 3 not bomb when it was a piece of shit? Shazam 2 was better than that. Mm. Well, I think probably the Marvel brand might have helped it, whereas the DC brand didn't help Shazam, you know, basically, at the end of the day. Look, the the, the Ant-Man movie had two things going for it, right? It's the third, so it's a character that people are somewhat familiar with. And was obviously in the end game and all that, but it's also Paul Rudd. People do like Paul Rudd; they, yeah, they kind but... of find him charming and funny. So mm. I don't know. They're both pr- two pretty mediocre movies, basically, to me. I mean, I no, no, I'm it. not talking about the quality of the movies. I'm just yeah. saying Paul Rudd yeah. has got a bit of a name and is likable, mm. and and people like him. So you know, it probably helped the movies. What I'm saying. Yeah, and I, and I think the branding, I think the DC branding really hurts all the DC movies in general, and I think... Well, the, the problem with Shazam, one, it wasn't as good a script, uh, 
that, that they needed. And two, I think the delays hurt that movie. I yeah. think with Shazam, they needed to they needed to bang out another one quickly after the first movie to capitalize. Mm. But it just got pushed back and pushed back. And again, by that time, then people don't... Because again, it's not the third movie, you know, in, yeah. in a series or it's part of the big massive MCU franchise. It's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it had that success. It kind of like surprised everyone. They needed to strike while the iron was hot. And totally the, delays, the delays killed the, any excitement and even like memory of that movie. I guarantee you by the time the movie came out, I go like, oh, yeah. Shazam, yeah, that's familiar. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, was that that movie? Like, but uh, it was too late. I, th- I think delays really hurt that. Plus, it, it needed a better, uh, uh, honestly, it needed a better. Which, what was the movie I watched that had like, uh, James Bond in it, whatever his name is, Pierce Brosnan. What was that movie? Was that just... Oh, that was Black Adam. Black Adam. Christ, I get confused. Because I thought that movie was very mediocre, but I didn't mind some of the stuff with um, the Justice Society or whatever it was. Did you see that, Tash? No. It was very forgettable. It was very forgettable. I barely remember it other than I liked some of the stuff with the Justice Society. Oh, and I will say this. I think... The only way that Shazam could have survived the delays mm. is if uh, The Rock was the villain in the movie. Yeah. It would have helped. Instead of Black Adam getting his own movie, mm. if they had said, hey, the Shazam 2 is coming out and The Rock is the bad guy in it, yeah, I think even if it was not as good of a movie, that would have still like just helped. Oh, would have massively helped. Money. Would have massively helped. Would have massively helped, man. Yeah, that, that's for sure. need a movie. No, he didn't need a solo movie. Um, well, not just that. Him. We've seen The Rock. He's always fucking a good guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's always just like, I'm the charming, I'm whatever, whatever. Man, it would have been so nice to see him be a proper, proper bad guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just have fun just being a dick and yeah, be yeah. the bad guy. It, that would have been, that would have got people excited and, and eager to see that movie. I'm sure of it. Playing against type, as they say. You know Exactly. Yeah. I agree. Oh, well. Well, we can kiss goodbye to 2023 and all the flops, and I'm sure it's all going to work out for the better when um, <laughs> Superman Legacy comes out and Deadpool 3 comes out and we can all get hopeful again and ride that train. Now, I finished reading a comic, Wolverine vs. Predator. Four issues, um, super inessential, but it was actually pretty good. Fantastic artwork, can I say that? And it was all about Predator. No, you can't, Dave. No, I will say it. Fuck it, I will say it. They can't <laughs> stop me saying it. Um, look, it was... I don't know. Predator it, it was now in Weapon X, like in the fucking um, lab, and uh, Predator's uh, mask is what the... Not Professor, but, you know, the Cornelius guy, the, the guy running Weapon X. Oh, how cool would it have been if they had kind of... Just in its own universe storyline, right? Mm. The adamantium is from the Predators. Yeah, well, what I was going to say is the what is from the Predators is the helmet then turns into the Weapon X helmet. He, he retrofits it from there. Yeah. But so, it would be cool if they're like, if, yeah, if he, if he killed him and then they were like, oh, this metal is fucking mm. superb. And then that's the metal they also bonded him with. That would have been, that would have been cool. Yeah. Just as a, well, uh, you know, a what if, it's well, almost, not, it, but it, alternate. It is almost that rich because that's what they do. They, 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 they retrofit. The Weapon X helmet from that. I agree with you. Like, Fair enough. Yeah. So well, you said it's something like that, at least. Yeah, look, it wasn't bad. Uh, it's that classic thing where you're like, this isn't bad, and yet it also could be a lot better. 
Um, well, the problem with this, the, the problem with the, like comics now, unfortunately, there's so much like it's not bad, but it's also for, like that makes it forgettable. When you read so much, it's not bad. You tend yeah. to forget all of them. Yeah, true. Anyway, uh, look, I, I liked it for what it was, and it had really had brilliant artwork. If there was an omnibus with this in it, with a lot of other Wolverine stuff, I wanted, I'd get it. I, I probably won't get the hardcover for this solo, but I did enjoy it. Uh, Ray was saying it's almost like a separate universe, like alternate universe, because of how involved mm. Predator is with Weapon X, which is kind of fair, you know. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, now Battlestar Galactica um, has a reboot uh, with a new showrunner attached. Yeah, yeah, no, a new showrunner attached, man. Um, are we just going to get a new? Are we going to get a new Battlestar Galactica like every twenty years? <laughs> well, I can live with it because who amongst us to watch the original? Me as a kid, hands up. Uh no, I mean I've seen bits and pieces of the original because again that was in a time where you didn't have streaming or anything like that. Oh, yeah, it was um, what's his name from Bonanza? What's his name? The Long Green. Yeah, Bonanza. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh no. Well, the guy I remember is uh, Face from yeah, uh, the A Team. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was him. How familiar are you with the 70s, 80s Battlestar Galactica Tash? A little bit before your time? Yeah. Just a tinsy bit before your time? Yeah. Just, just, a, just a year or two. <laughs> just a year or two. Just missed it. And, and by the way, it wasn't that good. Um, <laughs> you, you know, wagon train to the stars, except it was way more boring. Um, but anyway, it's all we had in the 70s. It was kind of cool. And then there was the reboot, which I think is one of the best reboots ever. I, I honestly will die on this hill. I think Battlestar Galactica, the 2005 reboot, is seriously one of the best science fiction shows of all time. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. Um, uh, I'll give you a hot take. Oh, here we go. What is it, I thought it was I thought it was boring as fuck. <laughs> it's excitement, night and day. I was, I was bored. I'm still on that fucking ship trying to get back. Man, I'm still... What was boring about it, Richard? It had everything. Had emotion, had danger, had humour, had heart, uh, everything I just, else. I, I just found it dull, grey, lifeless and boring. Oh, Richard, it's like... It, it's You know what? I might cut you adrift for that give comment. Me some, give me some colour in my shows, man. They were at war. It was war, Richard. It was war, my friend. You know? A space war. Give me some colour. <laughs> Did you have you watched the reboot, Tash? Um, I no, because I was still sort of quite young, mm. so it kind of passed me by. But I've heard it's really good. So. I love it. Don't listen to Richard. That's the that's first. Tip yeah, I did say it was a hot take. I didn't say. Look, it was a hot take. I, I don't often say this, but ignore Richard and listen to me. And um, and I won't I won't guide you wrong, uh, Tash. It's it's a uh, very good show. I don't know. I think I think I've had better recommendations than you. You? Oh, you've had. I've some given good I've given better recommendations than. You. Well, I'm I, I think I'm on safe ground. Go to Metacritic and type in Battlestar Galactica. I bet you it's got at least mid seventies uh, in on Metacritic. It's a it's a great show. Um, yeah. So look, this Fantastic Five. The sorry, the Famous Five are getting a reboot with a hyper-violent director. For those who don't know, Enid Blyton, back in, I think, the 40s, 50s, uh, wrote the famous five books. It was a 70s show that was very popular in the 80s on repeats on ABC. Here in Australia, I watched a lot of it. Um, it was very charming. And now this guy, a hyper-violent director, famed for his brutality, uh, wants to turn fan- Famous Five into a heartwarming Christmas treat. What do we think of this? Some really hardcore director getting his hands on an Enid Blyton property from the 40s and 50s. Do we think this is going to work in today's day and age? Do I always loved 
Enid Blyton stuff. Me too. Interesting. Yeah, me too. I, I loved it as well. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Now, uh, Peter David will return to writing Spider-Man 2099 with a new miniseries in 2024, which is unbelievable. Um, the guy has really been struggling with health. I mean, he was in the hospital until super recently. He's now in rehab. Um, there's probably some ghostwriting involved, but considering his legacy and health, this man deserves a paycheck, an easy paycheck. Uh, his Young Justice Omnibus was just released a few weeks ago. Um, look, Peter David, we, you know, we've had a lot of fun with Peter David over the years on the show, but at the end of the day, a great writer, and, I mean, I feel sorry for this guy. He's had multiple strokes, heart attacks, God knows. He's had the whole lot thrown at him. Rich, where are you, man? Um, do you just hope that Marvel's giving him some some easy money now uh do i hope yes do i think no but do you think he's grinding it out in the rehab yeah marvel doesn't give a shit well maybe he's got a ghostwriter rich hopefully you know hopefully although he was writing up last year he was doing joe fix it and doing various things i don't know like yeah marvel don't care disney don't care um no look sure maybe they go hey come come have us out you know we've got to sell some shit okay cool now you can fuck off like well i mean that's probably how they would treat them yeah yeah well you know i don't know i just uh it it sucks you you know you had two strokes heart attacks god knows what else this guy's had i don't think he's been in the best of health for many years um I know the Reaper comes for us all but it's coming slowly in his case you know what i mean the Reaper's kind of sliding the scythe across the across the door you know, I hope that's not too dark for people out there, but that's how it feels, you know? Mm. What do you think, Tash? Is that too dark? <laughs> no. no. It's kind of like, he's kind of painting the door. You know what I mean? He's painting the door. He's put the cross on the door. and he's, he's, he's The scythe is just going up and down the door. And inside, Peter David's banging out Spider-Man 2099. Jesus. He gets dark sometimes on Signal. Um <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving away from that. Um, get this. Western movies, one of my favourite favorite Western movies of all time, in my top ten, The Wild Bunch, William Holdman, the lead actor, was not the first choice to play Pike. Charlton Heston, Chuck Heston, Robert Mitchum, Gregory Peck, Burt Lancaster, Sterling Hayden, and Lee Marvin were offered the role but declined. I mean, what a, what a greatest hits of actors was mentioned there. Chuck Heston, Robert Mitchum... Gregory Peck, Burt Lancaster. Um, it turns out they went with the incredible William Holden in one of the best performances in any Western. Um, Rich, what do you think, man? Have you seen... Um, you would have seen this movie, surely. Mm-hmm. This could, movie got banned, I think, back in the day. Could you know what? When we, we were talking about this movie, I remember years ago, Mel Gibson was supposed to be doing a, a remake of this. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, but this is like I mean years ago. I mean, this is the, they were talk they talked about doing a remake of this with Mel Gibson to co-write or direct right. like five six years ago. Hmm. Okay. Clearly, it's obviously not happening. <laughs> yeah, it's obviously fallen through somewhere. Yeah, but it's a great movie. Tash, have you seen this one? No, I haven't actually watched that many westerns to be honest. That often they're quite slow. I would say the Wild Bunch. Wild Bunch was a real changing of the guard in terms of movie making. Sam Peckinpah. It's a very brutal, good movie. It's a really, it's it's transitioning into those seventies eras well, of movies. Well, I was going to say that. Yeah, this is when this is when Western movies started becoming much darker, mm. uh, grittier, violent. Totally. Well, when I say violent, I mean more graphic violence. Obviously, yeah, Westerns you have people shooting each other all the time, but yeah. a lot more graphic violence. 
Yeah, definitely. And the characterizations are darker. It's a lot more grey characterizations. Like they're sort of not. It's not the white hats and the black hats kind of thing. You know. Okay. Um, yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, now we had some AI stuff. Rich, you sent me that thing of Sinatra singing that fucking Nirvana song. Jesus Christ! Like, sometimes Richard, I, I was like, I have to send it to you. You pissed me off when I saw it. I was just like, I, I saw it and I was just like, Frank Sinatra will be rolling. This is what you want, Dave. This is what you want AI. You want you want them banging out. Oh uh, yeah. AI. What Richard's referring to, Tash, if you haven't heard, is I've really been pitching this movie using AI to get the Rat Pack and do all their behind the scenes stuff and getting like Frank, Dean, Sammy. Uh, Lawford, Marilyn Monroe, and doing behind the scenes of stuff in Hollywood using the AI to get the characterizations of the voices and stuff. And Frank would maybe do a couple of songs, but you could do it from his song list he's got, not fucking Teen Spirit, Richard. Like, which was I like- was just proving to you that this is what will happen mm. when you open AI. You won't just get what you want, Dave. You'll get what everyone wants. Mm. Um, I hate the idea of AI being used at all. So, so you don't, you're not down with my idea to do the behind the scenes Rat Pack movie with the actual. No. But I just want my Dean Martin movie with Dean Martin. I mean, could Dean Martin get a special exemption? You know, no. Return to me. Well, okay. I'm. 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 I. I'm, I'm I, I, I don't. Like I guess I don't really have a problem with AI as long as people are compensated and paid royalties and all that for. Stuff I don't really have an issue with AI stuff. I do have an issue with it, but I but if they're doing actors, the the estates need to be getting need to be getting. Um, oh, that's what I'm saying. Uh, okay, I'll give you an example, right? So so Peter Cullum is is getting far too old to to be Optimus Prime, right? Uh-huh. Now, if let's say the company's like, well, listen, he is Optimus Prime, right? He's been the voice of Optimus Prime for fucking forty years, uh-huh. right? We want to continue. If they said to him, hey, we want to continue to use your voice, we're going to do it via AI, but you, we're going to give you, you know, we're going to pay you. You're going to get a royalty check, you know, every month mm. for us using your voice from now till forever, then I don't have any issue with it. That I think that will definitely happen. I think, unfortunately, what will happen, there'll be far more egregious examples where AI yeah, are... I'm saying I don't have an issue with AI as long as people are compensated and paid for the use but, but of, how will, for their likeness or their use. But how will... Or them or their estates, whatever. Yeah, but but here's my point. When it comes to something like artwork, how you know you, a computer will generate some AI artwork based on whatever the fuck I tell it. How are you? Yeah, but you, but you can't copyright that, so it's fine. Okay. No, but so what I, I mean is AI, AI work cannot be copyrighted, so it doesn't matter. You can do what AI you want. Anyone can use your AI. Anyone can take your drawings. You can't copyright it. Right. So who cares? If you, <sighs> if you dumb enough and you want to use AI, mm. go ahead. You can't copyright it. Anyone can take yours. Mm. But uh, apparently, aren't there artists now who are using AI that are working in comics and stuff? I believe there've been examples, and in books. Look, illustrated. I, I'll be honest with you. If it if it helps improve the shit quality of artists like drawing now, I'm all for it. <laughs> That's funny. Because but... here's the thing: I don't mind. Okay, let's say you like. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm coming up with ideas, and you you, you know you say, oh, all right, do this, do that, whatever. As long as you then go, oh, that's fantastic, and then you draw it or you paint it. Sure. Yourself. I don't really have an issue if, if you're just doing it for like spitballing. And as I said, if it will help improve the quality of art I see mm. coming out of, of, of comic industry today, then I, 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 would, I would take that. I would say, fine, as long as it improves the fucking quality of shit I'm reading. Mm. But Tash, 100% against it, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. X-Men 97 News. This came from a conversation with Scotty at King's Comics that I had last week. I don't know if you guys are aware, they're doing... 
animated X-Men bouncing out from the previous 90s X-Men animated show and they're going to be fleshing mm-hmm. out a lot of other characters like Nightcrawler and plenty of other characters and yet it's coming out I got a couple of it's, figures it's from it basically it's basically picking up where the the 97 show left off yep I'm excited Tash are you excited about this yeah I'd be keen I'm super keen. It's going to count on Disney+. Plus. Like, this is one more fucking reason to stay living on this planet. I, Rich, I don't care if you say we're all going to die and it doesn't matter. I want to see it. You know what I mean? If I have oh, to, okay. If I have to go to that, that, you know, place in the sky when I'm rolling through, obviously on the way to heaven, I'm just going to say, I saw Rex Men 97, pal. I'm all good. Lead me up the lead me up the stairs into the luxury suite. Yeah, but if there is a heaven, you can literally probably just make it happen anyway. You could make Deadpool four, five, six, seven, eight just happen because you're in heaven. You're in heaven. But that's a lot of big ifs, man. You what, I'm what I'm saying is, if you don't believe in heaven, and if there is nothing, if there's literally nothing, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but I still want to see it, man. To experience it in the moment. Well, you won't know if you saw it. Or not. You're fucking dead. It's irrelevant. That's true. That's true. If you're feeding the worms, it's not going to matter. You know. It's not going to matter. It won't matter. Like, exactly. If you're dead and it's, and it's oblivion, it's nothing. There's literally no regrets. You can't regret anything you don't exist. Regrets. I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. Yeah, who knows, Rich? It's a lot of mysteries out there. Um, Bethesda's biggest game ever is free and remastered. Now, I didn't know this, Rich. You knew Daggerfall, didn't you? Daggerfall is finished after 10 years of development and works perfectly. How the fuck is this bigger than Skyrim and all these other games? I, I don't understand how what they do you, that. What do you mean bigger? Apparently, it's bigger, Rich. Apparently, the continent is the size of, like, Spain. Oh, yeah, but this is back in the day where it was pixels, man. Like, it's right. so... It, 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 it was def- it's, it's bigger in the sense that you can do more and it's bigger. It doesn't mean that it's filled with anything. Like, right. It's okay. like just open, but it is. It's technically bigger right, and right. you can do more like you can literally walk into any house that's in the town you can talk to any npc right uh, and you can actually even type a question yeah and not just like select so it technically it's bigger but it's also limited at this it's more limited at the same time it's yeah. just i just it was interesting yeah anyway so well, remember back in the day when games were low graphics you had to put more in it yeah. to make them more enjoyable because you didn't have the graphics you didn't have but now unfortunately as and this is why i'm not a big fan of like i don't need a game to look like fucking super realistic mm. you know high fidelity stuff if it means that i can do less in the game like I mean, or that you like you can't do i'd like rather a, little, a, a meeting in the middle well i'll tell you what after playing Baldur's great three i've realized how limited assassin's creed mirage was i had that <laughs> i had <laughs> i no seriously tash i had a moment of self-reflection Seriously. And I was like, man, Assassin's Creed Mirage was pretty limited, you know? And it was like, nice. a, it was like that Michael Jackson Man in the Mirror. That's what it was. Now I've just got to get you to admit that every Ubisoft game no, is limited. I'll never admit it. No. They, they, will, not, they will not take my land. Um, Galsam, Maybe they will get four. That'll be the turning point for you. Galsam, no, I'm looking forward to the next Assassin's Creed. Uh, Gal Simone is writing uh, after Free Comic Book Day the post-Krakoa X-Men. So she's starting off the post-Krakoa stuff, like finally washing, washing our hands of that shit, and she's going to yeah kick it off, which I think sounds interesting. And our old friend Tom Brevoort's editing. <laughs> I wonder if we can get him on the show, Rich. <laughs> how well, many, maybe, maybe he'll tell you he's too progressive. How many times, how many bombs have we lobbed at Tom Brevoort over the years? We? Oh, we? Yeah, you've been part of it, man. You haven't stopped me. We 
I, mean, I know I'm guilty by association, but I'm not. I'm not the we. <laughs> okay, I may have lobbed a few. Tash, I may have had a few rants on about this topic. Um, and you've coined a catchphrase. Yeah, well, let's not bring up his chicken shit hat. You know. Oh, there's sure something I wanted to tell you just to just to annoy you. Mm. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla just came to Game Pass, and I'm still not going to play it. <laughs> yeah, well, that does piss me off. Frankly, like, seriously, Richard. Seriously, no, seriously. That's a bullshit fucking thing to do because that's up there with when you didn't put Elvis in the Hall of Fame of rock and roll. That's a that you oh, should be well. ashamed of yourself. No, no. So I say this as a friend. You should be ashamed of yourself. But I'm not. So it's <laughs> yeah, fine. you're not as well. So you don't care. Um, this is funny. DC Comics have told Marvel they own Machine Man. My response would be like, "Who the fuck is Machine Man?" Um, apparently it's some character from the 70s that Jack Kirby no, actually, created. No, they, no, Marvel have actually used Machine Man a few times. They're actually trying to make him a thing. Well, they failed. Um, you know, like they've, they may have tried. It's like Fetch. Fetch ain't and a thing. Recent, I think released recently too as well. Like, as in, like, within the last five years. I well, think. how hilarious is this? Because apparently it comes out of, I want to say it's Space Odyssey or something. It's, it's some, it's some movie property that um, Jack Kirby was doing sort of an adaptation for, and he, he created Machine Man and put it in that. Well, it turns out the movie rights, or the, sorry, the comic book rights of the movie adaptation are owned by Warners, you know, who own DC, um, Warners Discovery. So they actually sent a letter to Marvel saying, we own, we own Machine Man. So if you ever want to publish anything with Machine Man, you need to come up with a deal and blah, blah, blah. It's pretty funny. Um, it would be better if it was a better character that people actually gave a shit about because Marvel can now just be like, now yeah, uh, um, yeah fine, of course, yeah. Now they're going to be like, now we're really going to bury Machine Man. <laughs> Machine Man fell down a well. That was the last we heard of Machine Man. <laughs> um, off panel land. It would be funny if it was like Iron Man or something or Captain America, something good. You know, they're like, we own it. Fuck you, we own it. And, uh, yeah. Or, yeah, or like the Hulk or something like something that. Something good, yeah. Now, I have a discussion topic tash are you still awake yeah yeah okay i have a discussion topic for you so mm. video game i thought of this when i was in the store the other day i saw uh, a graphic novel collection or trade paper collection whatever for far cry and i didn't pick it up but i thought video game adaptations in comics you could do a lot more of them and they could be a lot better than they are and i also yeah. think you could push the form um now, so that's my first part. And my second part is I think video games with a lot of cutscenes or hyper-realized visuals such as Assassin's Creed should be make, they should be able to make really great movie adaptations out of it. And I can't understand why they don't. So mm -hmm. let's take the first part of the question. Do you think, you know, pick your favorite couple of um, video games. Why are they not able to churn out really high-quality comics like like Spider-Man and Iron Man and all that shit? Why can't they do that with the video games? No, I just feel like because it's got an established storyline already, the writers don't mm. put... I don't know. They just don't put maybe the effort in mm. or they're not allowed to or... Yeah, that's a good point. It just yeah. feels like it just feels like it's always really lackluster, you know. Yeah. And uh, like I don't know, I I almost think we're always going on about comic books. Like back in the nineties, Richard felt like there was more adaptations. Like you used to get more Kombat adaptations and stuff like that. You know, like 
not even adaptations is not the right word, but movies, uh, sorry, comic books set in that universe. And I just feel yeah. with some of these characters, you could like, why isn't there an Assassin's Creed comic book every month? You know, it's big enough. Um... Or a Skyrim comic, for example, or whatever, a big franchise video game. You know. Well, I think it dilutes the experience. To me, I think it dilutes, with, with notable exceptions like Star Wars, where the books and the comics are blah blah blah. I think it kind of dilutes the experience. Like, I look forward to Skyrim as a game. Mm. I don't really care to read it as a comic. Or sure. Well, like, also, also the problem is, is with video games, you are, you, you essentially, even if it's got a story, you are creating your yeah, own a, fun. You are, you are creating the, the memories. You're creating the connections because you are interacting with the, the thing on a level that you don't do with movies and you don't do with comics and all that. And also, the like the companies they take years to make these games. I don't think they want to be locked into some storyline that's been happening in the comics or sure. something that retcons or you know what I mean. Like they all, they work on these things. They they don't have like a um, they don't also have a set plan. Or sometimes that plan changes. You know what I mean? Mm. They may start working on the game and then decide oh, actually we want to take it in a different direction. Kind of muddies that water if you have got these comic coming out, which either then like doesn't make any sense because they've they've decided to go in a different like route kind of you know what i mean like i just it's just the mediums are just too different and and you connect with them differently yeah yeah okay it was just it's really more of just an idea um that's why i think look the stuff like mario like i'll be honest with you i don't understand the point of the last of us tv show because because if if it has an actual (laughs) story and cutscenes. You've already watched it. Plus, you've already experienced it on a very different level when you've played it. Now, something like Mario Brothers, which doesn't really have a fucking story, mm. you know, you, you're playing it for the gameplay. Yeah, you could probably bang out a fucking, you know, hour and a half fun movie that doesn't really matter or anything like that. Just, you know, makes people laugh and then they forget about it. But something like Uncharted, Last of Us, Assassin's Creed, I, you if, if, it's a, if it's a story in itself and you've told the story on it, I don't see the point of just retelling that as a movie. Because that's, that's actually a less interactive, engaging experience than playing the game. I agree. I but, agree. But, but think of all, I agree with what you're saying there completely. And I've thought that myself often. But Last of Us brought in so many viewers that have never played the game and they all fucking love that, mo- that TV show. I mean, Michelle and I, we loved it. And... You know what I mean? There's a lot of people who don't play the games who, who, who when it crosses over, they then watch it and like, this is great, sure. blah, blah, blah. But, I, but I'll tell you this. I'll tell anyone who's never played the game and has watched that movie, you have got the far lesser experience. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I thought The Last of Us TV show was so dull. Really? I loved it. I did, I did watch the whole thing and I was like, sweet Jesus, I'd rather be watching Yellow Jackets. Really? Like, okay. <laughs> Um, and I thought, why are we making it when you've got a visual interactive experience in a game? Well, that's the thing. Okay. If you take the last of us, right. If you take it, just the cutscenes, it's very boring. It's just a lot of people sitting fucking talking. There's a lot of dialogue, but what makes it fun and, and what resonates with you is the, the action you get to do, the sneaking, the danger, you know what I mean? The survival, you are engaging in that. You yeah. are actively participating in that so that when it comes to the cutscene, it's like a break for you. You're like, yeah, oh, 100%. can't believe I'll survive that. 
when you watch the TV show, now you just get in a lot of the... Because, one, the action's done quick, quick. Pff, it's yeah, done. Yeah. And then you just back to the bloody talking and people reminiscing. It's fine. I just don't think... Yeah. I don't think that's the... You, I don't think you're getting the best experiences. Is, is no, I, I hear you. And like opinion. in Assassin's Creed, like those fucking cutscenes towards the end of the thing, you just want to skip them or you're just like, oh, stop fucking mm. talking. I don't care. Like, oh. you know, just please and, go away. And I'll say this, like... The first Mortal Kombat movie works because Mortal Kombat didn't have much of a story. No. If you ask me Mortal Kombat right now, it doesn't need a movie anymore. Yeah. Mortal Kombat, if you play the game with the cutscenes and the stories, you don't need a movie for Mortal Kombat anymore. Yeah, I, I know, because they've, they've given it, like, in the recent Mortal Kombat, like the last at least three, there's, a, there's like, a big story. Yeah, it has, it has its own story and, and acting. And, it's actually and pretty cool, I think. pieces and action. I so think it's pretty cool. even Mortal Kombat now doesn't even need a movie adaptation. Yeah, but, but here's my point, guys. I, I hear what you're saying. I agree with you even. But all the people out there, potential consumers that don't play these games, it's a chance for them to latch on and that's what they're, that's what it's for. I, you know? Okay, can I, I, I'm going to be, you know what, I called you elitist before, I'll be fucking elitist now, okay? <laughs> I don't care. That's fine. If, if you don't like video <laughs> games, that's your problem, then you don't get to participate. <laughs> they, make, they, make, they make plenty of TV shows for you normies that don't want to play video games. How funny like, would this be, Tash, at the end you, of you Last don't of need Us? It. Last of Us in the credits, it flashes to Richard going, you have had the far lesser experience. And then the logo comes up, you have had the far lesser experience, like sneering down the camera at you, and then it just cuts out to the logo. I'd be like, hey, did you enjoy the TV show? Why don't you fucking play the game then, you dickhead? I agree. Well, I do kind of, I do kind of agree. Look, I don't, I just don't, I, as someone who have played the game was like, I don't see the point in this. I thought it was extremely boring. I don't want to watch the second one. And to be honest, I went back and tried to play the first game and I even found it boring on return. To yeah. Be honest. Yeah. Well, that's often um, the case, you know, you're like, you've done so, it once, you don't need a replay, you know? Yeah, um, I just, yeah, I don't know. I just don't think it's... So did you know that Nick Offerman at the fucking Golden Globes or something was going on about how he was pitching for a prequel series based on his episode and those two characters? And he was, like, pitching HBO for a prequel series for that. And I was like, spare me, please. Well, that would just be a romantic melodrama. That wouldn't be anything last of yeah, that would be also one of the most boring things in existence. So no, thank you. Um, also, I felt like we got it way, in the episode. You I, know? I just, I just want to point out that um, Pedro Pascal went from playing the Mandalorian, a a gruff protagonist who adopts a baby with special blood and becomes his protector, to The Last of Us, where he plays a gruff father figure who adopts a child with special blood. He's, he's the internet's daddy, man. So, like, give the guy a break. I'm just saying, it's hilarious to me that he's literally gone from two projects and it's pretty much the exact I'm sure his bank account's <laughs> fucking laughing. Richard, I can tell you, I, I have friends who adore Pedro Pascal to a level of, like, Oh, look, everyone's got their fans. I like just him. Just because I, I don't like, like the guy doesn't mean I, I don't want him to have fans. He can have his fans. I don't care. Yeah, I love Pedro Pascal, oh, but go. yeah, he's playing the same thing. And have I seen anything where I've been like, he's incredible? Mm, no. Oh, 
I, you know, I'm going to stick up for him because I've got a very close friend of mine who adores him. He He's a lovely guy. She sent me a lot of clips of him. He is a lovely soul. So, you know, I, I mean. I agree. I think he's a lovely human mm. and I think he's the sweetest, but mm. like. You know, I mean, what are you going to do? He, he's handed these well, roles. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I don't actually think he's gruff enough to be Joel. I actually, I will agree with that. I think he's got too gentle a quality, which I love mm. about him. Joel but... is like super fucking gruff. Like, is he? I okay. mean, like fucking yeah. gruff. Yeah. No, Pedro Pascal definitely has a softness to him. Um, even in Last of Us, I think he he has a certain twinkle in his eye, which he can't quite extinguish. Mm. Um, but you know what? Like, God bless him, and his fans love him, and it's nice. You know what I mean? At least it's something nice that we can have in this year where, you know, zombies, chaos, ruling the world, you know, wars, etc. At least we have something which we can be happy about, along with Deadpool 3. That's my homily for the fucking day. Now, weekly comics. Oh, there's one last thing. There's one last thing which I thought you guys might laugh. Weapon X men will follow in the footsteps of Marvel's first team of Wolverine's variants. Uh, I read original X-Men the other day, which has a couple ending, uh, which has a cool ending where Age of Apocalypse Wolverine turns up. They are going to form, get ready for this, a band of Logans to fight Onslaught. That's literally in the comic. She says, he says, we're going to have to form a band of Logans. I think actually Gene says it to him. And I was like, wow. I was like... Super, super lame. Well, I was like... But, but then part of me was like, I can't wait. We're going to have a... I was like, we're going to have a comic just to have all the different Wolverines together. I was like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so I guess I'm part of the problem, you know? <laughs> I mean, I thought it was cool. It's it's lame, but also kind of cool if you like Wolverine. Because it's like, good. Some of these fucking losers don't, don't have to clog up the comic. He, now it's all the Wolverines together. Finally. You know? And we can pick and choose who, who, which ones we want as well. You know what I mean? So I think it's kind of cool. Tash yeah, I, already... I don't have a problem with that. I mean, I think they're admitting that one Logan can't get the job done. It's fine. Richard, you, I don't know this the episode, man. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with you over there, dude. But you've been sniping and taking shots, and I've been ignoring it. I've been, I've been the bigger man, but it's going to end soon, my friend. And, you I mean, you took shots about a Star Galactica... Various other things. He didn't put, Tash, he didn't put Elvis in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, fucking why? Can you imagine that? Out of Rock and Roll, the king himself, Richard no, said he was a true. You, 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 you could only pick top ten. Yeah, and you didn't He wasn't him. in my top ten. Sorry. Jesus. I don't know that he'd be in my top ten either, though. Well, you too. Seriously, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, who, who the fuck's in there instead? The you guy from Nickelback? Like, who, yeah. who, who's, making the, who's making the cut? Elvis, Elvis fans globally are enraged. And let me say to them, I feel your rage. And mm-hmm. if I wasn't so tired and old, I'd turn into the Hulk. You know, but I'm, 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 it's, it's a late night. I've got a sore knee. Um, we've, we've been down this road before. But I think it's a crime against the institution of rock and roll. You know? Famous quote, Crimea River. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, anyway. Um, I forgot what I was talking about. The Band of Logans, get on board. Uh, Weekly Comics. First up, we had G.I. Joe, Real American Hero 302. Solid Joe, Lethal Larry holding it down. It's crazy, Rich, with the, with the zombie Cobra Island. Mm, yeah. Crazy is definitely the word. Not feeling it? Nah. It's too, it was too comical. Oh, come on, man. 
What are you I mean, the zombie. It, like, it was like it was almost like I was watching a comedy, and the zombies are being all like funny and like you know what I mean. It, I felt like I was watching like an evil, not watching, reading like an Evil Dead like ripoff. Yeah, it was. It was of, kind of. I don't know. How about when um, when Serpentor was like, I, I need to eat flesh and brains, and I'm crazy, but I'm still me. <laughs> <laughs> Underneath it all, I was, uh, the rest of it was fine. I just I didn't like the I didn't like the zombie the um, stuff. representation, basically, or how they were portrayed. Anyway, sure. I mean, I'm giving it a seven out of ten. What are you giving, it, Rich? Uh, Six point five. You didn't you didn't catch this one, did you, Tash? No, I'll be honest. Yeah. I only read Ultimate of the Weekly. Is comics. it because you hate America? Is that why you didn't read GI Joe three hundred two, Real American yes. Hero? Yeah, I thought yeah. so. I just wanted to clear that up. Uh, then we had Duke 1. Let me say this. I want to salute the flag. This was a great fucking issue. Joshua Williamson, you knocked it out of the park. The art was fantastic. This, to me, is what I it's need. It's comic I read. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. Seriously. Joshua Williamson, you've done your country proud. Uh, 8 out of 10 from Yeah, Dave. I was actually surprised when I saw that he wrote it. Well, he's written some good comics. What are you giving it, Rich? Uh, this one I'm giving an 8 out of 10. Yeah. Don't you love at the end all the different... And once again proving why I'm a Duke fan. Ugh. Oh, Richard. I just realised. I fell into your web then. Come on. Um, how it... how badass did he look oh, at the start there, man? I must man. admit, when no, they, they were going over his record. Mm. Man, he's... Oh. Yeah, you were probably... He's just so cool. Richard, you are probably getting <laughs> hard reading it because, like, fucking Duke, your boy no, was getting a big chest glow was up. swelling... My chest was swelling. I thought I could hear the anthem at one oh. point. <laughs> I normally find Duke a bit boring, but I actually thought it was a really good issue. To be honest, yeah, it was a good issue. Even Richard's blind fanaticism to Duke aside, I'm giving it an 8 out of 10. Did you give it 8.5? Did you, Rich? No, 8. 8, eight out of okay, 10. Okay. Then we had Neil before Zod 1. Um, I felt this was a decent concept, but very dreary and very dull, can I say. A very dull comic. Um... I, I'm actually, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I felt like it was a a, a knockoff, a cheaper version of um, uh, Invincibles, um, Vil, uh, Viltrumites. Right. I don't even remember. Yeah, I mean, they, they were way better than this. You know? No, that's what I mean. I just felt like this was like they were like, oh, let's do them like the Viltrumites from Invincible. That's that's popular now. Well, and the, I'm like, the, yeah. the 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 Kanda, um, they're 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 villains in like Legion and stuff. I've seen them before. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm um, no, but Zod and them like oh we've taken over the planet we're we're so awesome we fucking kill everything we yeah. you know what I mean we, we we just like slaughter everything in our path it just felt a bit too yeah. as I said like the Viltrumites from Invincible I just felt you could have done something a it bit was better, terrible I, I'm giving it no it wasn't terrible it was just dreary no, it was and fine dark. it was pretty mid I, I'm not going to read another issue of this Neil Wolf or Zod if this is the best they've got I was like no no thank you you know um. It's funny some comics you, in, intrigue you like Duke. You're like, I want to keep going. You know, really, it's it's not even a well, I won't. It's hundred percent. Whereas this was really like, you know what? This wasn't even worth reading for free. You know, like this was a waste of my time. And Zod, I don't know. I, I feel they could do more with the story. And this is where I think the argument would be better if they had more room. Because in one issue, it just felt like a lot of waffling from Zod and his kid, and uh, it was not nothing was interesting. And yeah, no, I don't mind a story about like his kid, like seeing him as soft and mm. wanting to be the leader and all that sort of shit. I just don't think they're doing it. Not in the first well. issue, I just I didn't feel like I cared. Yeah, what are you giving it out of ten, Rich? 
Five. Same as me. Wow, we're on the same we're on the same fucking wavelength tonight, Rich. Apart from some of your comments, which have been outrageous. <laughs> um, Maybe you just don't want to admit I'm right on this. Never, never. I'd rather I, they could take it out of my cold dead hands. So, so I, I've got a new admin on the Facebook page, and there's this scam thing coming around where the Facebook are trying to get you to contact them, but it's a scam. I said, ignore it, man. I said they can take this page out of my cold dead hands. They can come to my fucking house, like seriously. Uh, anyway, uh, Ghost Rider sixty eight. This is just a flashbacks um, origin story, but I love this one. This is this is a nine out of ten for me. This is old school Ghost Rider. And I just thought I'd put it in there because we've got Bob Bodiansky coming onto the show tomorrow, and this is one of his um, one of his comics. Uh, would you read this one, Rich? This flashback? Yeah, and I've got to be honest with you. I don't know if it's just because I've read it in the past, or I don't know if maybe we've actually read it already. Mm, maybe, but I feel like I've read it already. We may have done it before, and that wouldn't be the first time that I've forgotten. <laughs> but, but you know what? It got recommended to me by Brian B. in Inner Demons, and um, I loved it. I, I think it's a great issue. You know. Um, oh yeah, it's an, it's an eight out of ten. It's a you know, it's a typical, not like sort of murder mystery, but almost like it's a PG twist. horror. Yeah, you know what I mean, kind of like um, type of thing. You know what I mean? Rolls up there, he's talking to the priest, who there's not the priest. He killed the priest and all that sort of stuff. Oh, and, spoilers you know, for the kids at home. Jesus. It's very PG horror, but like cool horror, like yeah. cool PG horror. Tash, do you have Marvel Unlimited? No. Oh. Okay, because I was going to say, if you did, you could, you could, you, you could check it out. You don't read digitally. Online. What's that? I don't read digital. I just remember. Come on, Tash, join us in the future. No, but she yeah. doesn't. She's all about, she's all about paper, aren't you, Tash? Yeah. Yeah. She's oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm all for paper on the shit that you care about and things you want to collect, but mm. you should read stuff digitally just to find stuff that you, you might like and want to collect. I work in a bookstore. She, she works in a bookstore. I've worked in a bookstore as well. I moved on to digital when I was working at the bookstore. Oh, I don't know. Not a chance. Uh, but then you've got me, just with no morals, no soul, just nothing, just empty existence. Um, Ultimate Spider-Man 1, Tash, you did read this one for Weekly Comics. Give us your thoughts. And I didn't. <laughs> yes, Richard didn't. You're a very naughty um, boy. I can't remember what I saw this on, but I sent it to Dave. Mm. Um, I loved it. I really, really liked it. Uh, when I saw it with Jonathan Hickman, I was a little bit... Uh, Trepidatious? Yeah, given that I fucking hated <laughs> everything he touched in X-Men. And as we said earlier, his Avengers run could have been half the size. Yeah. Um, but he seems to have accessed that part of his brain that wrote Fantastic Four because I'm getting those kind of, like, strong characterization vibes from this. And I've really, really liked it and I'm interested to see where it goes. I agree. And I, I liked yeah. the art. I did like the art. It was at Carlos Pacheco. Um, and the storyline is interesting. Hey, isn't he dead? Maybe it's not Carlos Pacheco. Yeah, maybe it's not Carlos Pacheco. <laughs> that was the, the name just rolled off the tongue. Um, find out who it is, Rich. Type in Ultimate Spider-Man by Jonathan Hickman and give us the artist because you didn't read you this. You read it. Dude, just do, please do what I ask, okay? You Google that shit while I'm going to give my review. Now, oh, shit. My Google's not working. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, anyway, we'll find out. Don't worry. I don't think it was Carlos Pacheco. I think he may actually be deceased. I'm not unless he did it from the grave. No, I th unless it was the final thing he did as he was dying, you know, and then they held it for two years. I don't think so. Um, no, I liked it too, Tash, and I liked the way that they told you what happened in the fucking warm-up stories, which we didn't bother reading, 
about how yeah. Tony Stark was framed and yeah, like he's got two kids and there's a family dynamic and then there's he chooses to get the spider. No, I I, I dug it too. And I like honestly between you and me, I thought do we really need to do Ultimate Spider-Man again? That was what I was thinking because Ultimate Spider-Man yeah, was one of the kind of like that too. But... Yeah. But then I'm like, yeah, but Jonathan Hickman is a far better storyteller overall than Bendis. You know what I mean? Like if it oh, be, yeah. if Bendis was doing this, I'd be like, I'm not interested. No thanks. Uh, I, yeah, no, I, I dug it. I thought it was cool. Um, I was confused by the end. Was that the son of Iron Man coming from the future? Or was that Iron Man? No, that was a little bit unclear. Okay. I think it's the son, but then they were like, the implication was t- the original Tony Stark is the one that has been accused of terrorism. He was framed, and he and he said something about his father, and and thing. Yeah. He, he thought ev- everyone knows. I've actually got this year. So I'll tell you who it was. It was Marco. Marco Chichetto. You can see why I, why I was going in that direction because it was another sort of Latino name. Yeah, I guess they all sound the same to you, Ed. Oh well. Jesus Christ, Richard! Like you, at one point, at one point, just because I asked for a bit of police state violence, you 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 brought up the Gestapo. Jesus, like they. Went, I didn't describe it, Dave. You, you said did. Gestapo. You said it. Yeah, based off your description. Look, my strong arm troops barging into homes, um, <laughs> smashing TVs and shit to get information. I just consider Demi- that demanding to know where people are, where they're hiding. <laughs> to bust them for what was the crime? The CGC yeah, scamming, scamming fucking <laughs> comic collectors. I didn't really care about the crime, just that there was a crime being committed. Um, okay, so let's go to this. So he says, blah blah blah. Uh, God. I'm trying to find where, where he was talking. He goes, I am sending this to you from... He says, my name is Tony Stark. And while it's like you know my father's name, you've probably never heard of me. And then Peter Parker says, I got bad news oh for you, God. kid. After what you did, everyone knows your name. So it sounds... Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's not super clear, is no, it? No. No, because... Why? Well, Tony Stark had a father that we know from the movies, whatever his name was, I forget. You know, the guy who did the science fair and all that shit. Howard Stark. Yeah. Howard Stark. So, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like it was Tony that was. Yeah. No, it sounds like this Tony got framed. It's. I think this is Tony Stark, just a younger version, because it's the Ultimate Universe. Maybe I'm wrong. Right. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. I, I don't know. Uh, we we could probably if we'd read the fucking five prelim issues, which we couldn't be bothered reading, we might know. But you know. <laughs> You know, like, but I hate it. It's like, I'm just warming up, guys. Watch me warm up. No, fuck watching you warm up, you know? Like, I'd rather just read the, the little encoder at the start. They should have, and this would be a, this would be a thing. This is what I would like. When I'm reading a comic digitally, if I could click on shit to get explanations of stuff, because I'm always confused. I don't tell you how many times I'm reading a comic. Rich, you know this, how confused I get. Mm-hmm. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, who the fuck is this person? You know, that's why like, sometimes when we read something that's a little bit too uh, um, intricate, I get a bit worried going, oh, fucking hell, I'm going to have to explain shit. <laughs> yeah, you do. I, well, I'm like, like, the best example ever, this is hilarious, it was an Aliens versus Predator story that was all, it was like a silent issue and it only went for 10 pages. So it was all silent about these aliens, sorry, these predators going onto an alien world and they've got to beat the alien and it's like their rite of passage. The, the ending was so confusing with one of the predators betraying the other one that I got that, but it was all mute. So I was really struggling. 
and I didn't want to admit to it on the show, so I was Googling for fucking an hour about this very obscure issue before I finally got the explanation on Google, like, deep into Reddit. And I was just like, Christ, I could... You know, it was just so hard for me to understand without the dialogue, because the predators don't really talk to each other. And I was just so confused. Anyway. Um, uh, well, be- before we move on to the, the, the trade, can mm. I just... Uh, while you were talking, I was looking at some of the solicitations and all this sort of stuff. Mm. I just want to read something to you, which I can't believe is an actual is an actual thing. Marvel Meow, number one. Marvel mm. Meow makes its pawsome print debut, Marvel's most fearsome and furious heroes, are here to save the day and beg for treats in the process. Follow wow. Chewie, Leo Alpine, and the rest of the Avengers' feline friends as they cause a few catastrophes <laughs> and maybe vanquish some villains in the process. Whether it's crashing Captain Marvel's apartment or defeating Doc Ock, you can always count on these cats for some cute chaos. Collecting the hit Infinity comic series from Marvel Limited and featuring a brand new cover and exclusive new story. Wow. I cannot believe that's a fucking comic. Well, it's for the little kids, man. You know, like, I don't think it's for the kids, bro. <laughs> well, it's for the lamos then. Like, it's it's either kids or the lamest of the lame. Uh, hopefully, Tash, you're not be picking this one up. No, <laughs> I can't believe that's a... <laughs> Dude, it's for the it's it's for the they're trying to get the cutesy wootsy market. You know, they're trying to get the. But like, I guarantee you, that's a low selling comic. You know, I get like I'll be surprised. Oh, I don't know. It's it's in the the hit. It's a hit. Yeah. It's like a hit in Japan. It's like when they used to say it's a big hit in Japan, like back in the eighties. You know, they were like these bands that sunk. Um, Tash, you can keep us updated with how that one flies off the shelves in the store. Okay. <laughs> If that's just flying really? off, like if it's like the new Watchmen in stores, people are coming I'm in. I'm actually going to go check sales on Monday. Check it. I hope it's sold like three copies in like 12 months. Um, now, trade of the week. Uh, this was Tasha's pick, Batman Failsafe, the Chip Zdarsky start of his run. Um, Tash, I have been burnt so badly by Batman. I'm so damaged that I have stayed away from regular Batman as much as I can. You know, it's kind of impossible for a couple of years. You've been talking about this run for a while. Um, mm-hmm. We finally did it. Um, I do want to let the audience know I absolutely loved it. But, Tash, I want to give the ball to you to give us the brief description of the whole thing because it's a really great story. Yeah, it was nice to see just anything different um, about Batman. Um I had high hopes, though, because Zadarsky's Daredevil run, which he's just finished up, Mm -hmm. is fucking amazing. But, um, yeah, so essentially what happens is Batman is being his usual egotistical self and finds that it bites him on the rear end. He has created a fail-safe for if Superman ever goes out of control. Um, and that fail-safe activates. I can't remember the name of it, though. It's got a weird name. I thought it was called fail-safe. I thought it had, like, that noise name. I don't know, but it was also the Justice League itself, wasn't it? No, wasn't it, like... I thought it was if Batman went out of control. No, I'm... No, I'm pretty sure... No, it's... I, I thought that it was like, how I read it, and I could be 100% wrong, I thought that it was because Superman and that were angry at him because they had the plans for the Justice League, but fail-safes what activates if Batman takes a life. That's what he said anyway. I mean, Correct. 
Yeah, that's what I. That's what he said. Oh. So that's because why you're so going to turn around and say to him, "But Bruce, you've planned for everything. So how can we take you out? How can we be your backup plan if you've literally planned to take us out?" Yeah, that was the flashback scene to, to Tower mm. of Babel, and then Tash he, um, he that's why he has all the powers. So he's he's sec- that's why he's second guessing Batman all the time because Batman has programmed him. I believe. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. But partially to take out Superman because why would yes. Batman need something so overpowered? Because he doesn't have power. I can answer that question because the, he knew that if. Failsafe activated and went after Batman, the Justice League would help him try Correct. to beat Failsafe, so Failsafe had to have the It wasn't, it wasn't just Superman, he could take down all of them. He had continued success. Yeah. Even when the Justice League turned up, he could take down Martian Manhunter, he took yeah. down Green Arrow, he took down Black Canary, yeah, he, he took them all down. It wasn't just, I mean, Superman's easy, it's just fucking kryptonite, I mean. Yeah, but like, it was, um, um anyway. Continue. I mean, everyone and their mother has kryptonite in fucking DC these days. How about Tash? Yeah. What did you think of the choice? I want to ask you this question. What did you think of the choice of Robin? Because Damien was nowhere to be seen. Yeah, I am kind of for it because mm. I really liked him, to be honest. Mm. Um, and I don't, to be fair, my reading of Batman has not been super expansive. It's kind of been like the greatest hit. So I've sure. not had that much tim stuff i've had heaps of damien mm. i've had heaps of dick i've not had a lot of tim so i and i've always been drawn to him um as robin in some ways the most i really yeah. really like him i think he's really thoughtful and you know meditative he's a cool he's a cool have you read chuck dixon's 100 issue run <laughs> it's gonna, no i have not 100 issues of tim tim Drake, robin chuck one do i, I would probably yeah. read that actually. it's very good it's um, very good so I really liked that, and I liked the sort of, like, when he got shot at the beginning. Through the throat, that. I thought. I was like, Jesus Christ, is Tim Drake dead? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that was hectic. I thought that was really cool, though. And can I just say, I friggin' love the art in this mm. book. Yeah, it was cool. And um, I, um, at first, I, you know what I thought to myself? This is the thought I had. I thought, why hasn't Batman gone and got the Hellbat suit? You know, I sent you the picture of the DC Universe Hellbat suit when I got the figure of it. Why wouldn't he have gone yeah. to the Hellbat suit? Like, although, how fucking great was it when he went to the alternate Batman? I love that Batman. The the Batman yeah, of cool. Zur and Roth or whatever it's called. The the one that Morrison. Uh, um, did. By the way, Failsafe said he can't use the suit because it's still broken. He literally says. Really. He looks for things that he can use against him, and he goes, "No, the suit's still in action." Root, uh, that's great stuff, Rich. You, you, that's why we've got you on the show for for, for that kind mm-hmm. of. It's what I call detail work. I'm not good at it, Rich. You've you know you've raised your game um, this show. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's Tash here, and you've you felt you need to up it because you're at a level now where I feel you could stay. And you'd be, no, you'd be I, just, I just read things much deeper because I know you'll miss things. I missed it big time. Uh, in fact, the, the whole time I kept thinking, when's the Hellbat suit going to come? I kept thinking that the whole time. Like, why can't he get in the Hellbat suit? I've got the figure. I'm looking at it. You know? Can I get into this comic and, like, say, where the Hellbat suit? How fucking hard was Falsight, though? What kind of insanity was Batman under to create something so powerful? Yeah, true. But I kind of love that, though. Yeah. He When he gets all ego, it always fucks him over. And I love that Superman basically pointed that out to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, even I, and I'm a Batman fan, 
you know, even I'll have to admit Batman was in the wrong here. You know, he made yeah. a mistake. I'll have to admit Batman made a mistake. You know, it's rare. Um, but this is one time where Batman, you know, he played himself, you know. And, um, and everyone almost paid the consequence. Like, how many people would have died? Tons. Really, wouldn't yeah. they? Like, tons. of There'd be so many deaths on Batman's conscience. And don't forget, he was framed for the murder of Penguin, which was sort of left unresolved. Oh, yeah, because I think that's picking up in the next trade, which I've got but haven't read yet. Cool. But, I've, I've um, got it on my iPad. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm keen for that. That was really cool, the whole – who was the – what was his name? The guy in the red suit. The what's his name? The not the executor. The guy doing the will. Yeah, like I liked all that part mm. as well. Yeah, but well, the guy mm. that yeah, he's got the is his name the executor, the red suit guy. The executor was the sort of robot-y guy that was doing. I'm bringing. Oh, no. I'm bringing up the. I'm bringing up the pages. Um, what did you think? The only part where I was like, mm, Chip. When I love Catwoman, but when it was just Catwoman in the Batman book, I was like, I'm not sure. But I kind of liked it, actually. Like, it was a nice palate cleanser. And then it went into yeah. that really trippy episode um, where it was all set, you know, with the, with the sort of retro art style, which I really yeah, enjoyed. Yeah, that was cool. yeah, no, it was because I, I think that that was a, um, a good thing, like that, to have the courage to sort of sort of say... I'm going to give Catwoman a couple of issues in the main Batman book. So early in your run too, you know? Um, yeah, that's what I like, that he's kind of taking risks. Yeah, yeah, not not just playing it safe and playing it by the book. Um, Rich, what did you think of this one? Yeah, I thought it was fine. Yeah. Rich, famously not a Batman fan. Isn't, isn't that right, Richard? You just can't... Yeah, just but can't, I've, you know, I also feel like I've read better things from Morrison, so I just feel like this is someone trying to do Morrison, but not as good. Really? See, I, I, I'll be honest with you. When I finished reading this... Like when Morrison did the, 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 the what's his name, the Zudula yes, Batman or whatever, I just yes. thought he did it better. Well, I thought that in this one... Look, I love that when Morrison did it. Don't get me wrong. I love I love Batman RP. I love Morrison's run. I felt this was the best Batman since then. I actually... I, I, I feel that this is the strongest Batman. I think, honestly, for, for starting arc, like, who knows, Tash how hot Zalaski stays because a lot of writers come in hot on a title and lose pace. But I yeah. thought it was incredibly strong first arc. I mean, Tom King had a good first arc um, in, in um, yeah, you know, and, and just tapered so badly. But I don't know, Rich. I mean, I don't think it's better than Morrison, but I thought it was the best since Morrison. Yeah. And, you, know. But you know what? Can I just say something? I, I kind of get a bit tired of people always bitching and moaning how boring Superman is and how hard he is to write because he's so overpowered and he's just so good at everything. And it's like, that's not the character that's the problem. It's fucking Batman. Like, right. Jesus fucking Christ. So his contingency plan is so fucking strong, it can take down the entire fucking world. Batman is so uber strong, yeah. you need something that can literally fucking conquer the world to take him out. Two, he can fucking re-entry to Earth in his bat suit. That was great. Like, I'm sorry, I'm kind of getting sick and tired of how overpowered Batman is. But Richard, he had a special suit on for that, man. He's got his normal suit, bro, that he runs around in the fucking streets with. <laughs> no, but he had some sort of thing over you're telling it. Me that the, you're telling me that the suit he runs around with fighting crime is fucking space-ready? Obviously to do re-entry into Earth? Based on this comic book, it is. 
Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I was surprised by that too. I must admit, I was like, I was like, oh, we're really doing this. We're going. I, into the I, I agree with you guys. It's probably the it's probably the better Batman that's probably been written in probably the last five years. Like, it's definitely a step up from all that shit. I'm just really getting over how fucking people, uh, you know, Batman, like, with Batman, they are like, he's just too overpowered, man. He's the greatest character. I feel Batman doesn't have stakes anymore. Honestly, I don't feel that Batman has stakes. It's just so over the top. No, I don't disagree. I, I don't disagree with you on that, but I feel like that's a universal problem. No, no, no. That's, I'm not complaining about Zdarsky in this. I'm just complaining about him Batman no, in general. No, I, I, I completely agree. I think, like, I think that they need it. Like, X-Men is a perfect example. It feels like there's no stakes, and why do I care? Like, mm, I think that's true. 100% true. I Look, to be honest, I'm a bit hit and miss with Grant Morrison. I don't like... Like, I, I hated his X-Men. I did like a lot of his Batman, but not all of it. So mm. I definitely prefer Sadarsky, but... Yeah, like, I, really I'll be honest with you, I feel like I would have preferred this if they had just cut out all of the, the Justice League and Aquaman and all that sort of shit. Because you didn't need that. Like, oh my God, it's been two weeks and he's taken over all of fucking Gotham and it's police state and all that. If you had kept it more tighter in that it happened so fast... Of Batman even being taken down, and so you have that cliffhanger, right? Mm. You can still spread that over a few issues, but just make it that look. And this all happened in like a day or, or a, a night, and, and no one had time to respond, and then managed to take him out or think to take him out because obviously Batman's not dead. I'd be better at the whole involving the justly for a fucking Batman. Yeah, but, but dude, that's, that's that's to give that like part of that is to give the arc an extra bit of oomph. You know, like that's the, that's the, the, well, again, the, it has for, for me for Batman, not being a Batman uber fan, it does the opposite for me because I just roll my eyes at, at just yeah. uh, at, at just how OP and and like you know, yeah, but like his contingency that, plan, it, it literally like it's just so powerful as, as Tash it can literally take out the fucking Justice League. But think about this, and by the way, the character Tash is under broker. I, I just I just found it while, while Richard That's was ranting his anti Batman screed. Um, I will make yep. this I will make this comment. What you have to understand is it is like Bat God since like ninety six or whenever when when you know Morrison. No, and I, Dave, I get that. My my issue is that people always bitched and moan about Superman being overpowered and that sure. there's no stakes and you don't feel like he's in danger. How are people not complaining that? Hey, stop doing this. I want to feel like Batman's in danger. Well, I want to yeah. feel like there's stakes when it comes to Batman. I want to fucking feel like you know he's got a tool in his belt for every fucking thing, including space travel, mm. out of the blue. Well, like, it, I'm sorry. It, like, give him yeah. some. Like, knock him down a peg. It's the difference. I hear you. It's the difference between this storyline, where literally, I mean, even I thought, okay, the entry into from space was over the top. But it's the difference between this and like a story like the cult, where he's literally beaten up by like druids or cult members, and you know, chained up and all. You know, you know what I mean. He's quite human. He can be beaten. He can be chained up and drugged, and he's very humanized. Whereas this is, but imagine this, this is like a, a guy, absolute mental and physical peak, and his paranoia and his ego is so massive that when you combine the two, he creates this machine that's crazily overpowered. Like, it's it's so overpowered, it's ridiculous. Like, you, why would you create a weapon that's so unstable? Because Batman did it at the height, absolute height of his ego and paranoia. So 
it's the byproduct of kind of the bat god thing generating this monster. That's how I saw it. What do you yeah, think? I, and I get that. And, and obviously, you can program it to take down the rest of the bat family because they'll be around probably and step in. I just, I don't know. Again, I felt you could have just made it a Batman story and not involve the Justice League and shit. Like, like it's almost like they were fighting a mazer for God's sakes. Yeah, well, it, it bears a lot of similarities, really, when you think about it. To mm. a Anyway, I, 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 I thought it was super. I honestly, Tash, in all honesty, thank you for suggesting because I thought it was fascinating. Um, and I really felt invested in a way that I haven't been for Batman for a little bit. Um, obviously, it doesn't take much to get me on board Batman. There's that famous incident watching The Flash where I was like to Michelle, I really want that bat plane and the bat cycle and the bat. She's like, so just say everything Batman. I was like, yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> I was I was just like I said I need I, I want to get that that plane and then then the cycle came out and I was like man that cycle's fucking great um, so it doesn't take much oh, for me with Batman I will I will give Zadarsky a compliment in this hmm. this is probably the first time I've actually enjoyed his writing hmm. because he's not trying to be funny yeah yeah well, yeah in that case you should really like. Daredevil, because he is not trying to be funny yeah. in that either. When I've read Zadarsky's stuff where he's trying to be funny and, yeah. and comedic, I don't find him funny at all. I think he's quite cringe. But when I read this, if you hadn't told me it was Zadarsky, I would not have like guessed it, because this yeah. was actually far better than the stuff. Of this is proper hard-hitting Batman going, you know, hard at the ball. Um, I mean, I, guess, I, know, I like the idea. I like the idea of him having to continue if he was to cross the line and kill someone. So I'm I'm not saying I hate the ideas. I just I didn't enjoy how just over the top and op. But, and, but do you see why? Like, I, I don't feel for Batman anymore. I'm sorry. I just the guy just doesn't do anything for me anymore. Man, seriously. I think that's fair. No, I don't think it's fair at all, Tash. I think you take you for those allowances. I think it's very unfair. I mean, Richard's taken slams at Wolverine, at Elvis, at Batman. Is there, Would you like to take a shot at Frank Sinatra while you're fucking here, Rich? Like, is there, you know, anyone else you'd like to, you didn't know? I'd really, didn't I already do that when I sent you that AI thing? Yeah, you, you should have seen my face when I saw that, Rich. I was pissed off. I was like, I actually was like, seriously, Richard? Like, just trying to piss me off here? Um, and also piss Frank Sinatra off because you know how pissed off he'd be because he hated rock and roll. He hated he hated rock and roll in 1956. Forget about 1991, you know? Yeah. Um, Some, uh, I, 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 I might go out of Limia. I don't think he cares, Dave. Yeah. Well, he'd care enough to be grumpy, cranky Frankie, if he came up from the grave. Yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd have to be alive to care, yeah. so I don't think he cares. He's alive in our hearts. Um, I, I'm going to say <laughs> this is close to perfect. Uh, the, I, I'm giving it 9.5. The only thing I didn't like was when Executor said to Catwoman, you are very beautiful by about the patriarchal standards of society today. I was just like, oh, God, fuck off, Chip Zadarsky. But, but that aside, I thought this was oh. excellent. Mm. Yes, Rich? Talking about the art, there's something that did actually, this annoys me. I noticed two different artists. I feel like the artist should communicate because the way Penguin looks... In in the 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 first half of the story, like massively fat, yeah, and the, and the, he's got that sharp nose, and then when he's talking to Catwoman, yeah, I didn't even know that was fucking Penguin until she said it because yeah, so much smaller. Yeah. Like I get it, he died his hair, but he doesn't even look like the well. He, she, from, she did say he had a nose you know, job. She did say he had a nose job. She did say that. Yeah. 
Well, he must have lost a lot of weight too. No, I was going to say, like, it's not just a nose job. This guy's like shed so many fucking kilos and completely changed his facial structure so he doesn't look anything like Penguin. Like, okay, you know. Um, I don't know. I mean, Tash... And that would have happened in all what? In, in, were they would have been, what, two weeks? Two weeks, yeah, I know. Well, you could have a nose job in two weeks. You know? Yeah, I don't think you can recover from a nose job. And it two was weeks. more than two weeks. Was it two weeks? I don't know. Yeah, because Aquaman says he's been out for two weeks. Like he'd been out of, he'd been in the the back to tank for two weeks. Yeah, well. but that's not. Are we talking about at the end where she finds him and he's in the florist? Yes. Yeah, isn't that kind of taking part at the same time or around about the same time? No, I I assumed that was like after. I don't know. No, no, after, yeah, like like two weeks after, like, you know, two I, or three weeks after. I thought it was around the same time because it was she was doing the mission for the executor, which was after Penguin died. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. But it, it, it felt like, like it was longer. That it was months later. Like, yeah. I, I didn't think of it at all as weeks later, but maybe it was. Okay, I, I thought this was a story that's supposed to be running kind of parallel to that story, like that's tying in or something. But I also felt like it was also going to run, continue to run. So it like to track down his kids, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I felt like there was going to be reverberations felt for a while. Well, d- definitely. And, and Batman must, and Batman must still be alive then if this is months after, because she doesn't seem too broken up about it. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's a good point. I guess we're going to have to keep reading. I mean, Tash, it's a great book. What are you giving it? What's your score? I also give it 9.5, even though I completely and don't know how I misread the fact that it was not against Superman. I don't no, know no, how but, the fuck I did No, that. but it, it, it is in the sense that he knows that if he goes to kill Batman, the Justice League will come in to help Batman. So my brain just filled it in because Superman, I think of Superman as being so much more powerful than Batman. Yeah. My well, it, it also, it also brain. don't forget, confused you at the start because it did the flashback to Tara Babel where he'd just been caught yeah. out doing that. So it was sort of like a web within a web. 9.5 from you, 9.5 from me. Yeah. Let's get ready for Rich's score. Drumroll, Rich. What are you giving it? Five. How much, Rich, was it? Seven? Seven. We'll take ah. a seven. We'll take a seven from Rich. I'll Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, look, don't challenge it. It'll go I down. Didn't, I didn't say it was a terrible book. I just said I don't enjoy an overpowered Batman. Yeah, that's Imagine fair, if that was the pull quote. I'd love that to be the pull quote at the back of this. I book. would love that too, actually. <laughs> I, I, didn't say, give it I, didn't, I didn't say it was a terrible book. <laughs> but, no, but I just don't enjoy a, a overpowered Batman. Well, you know, the thing is, Rich, the other day I was in the store, uh, it was Kinnikin, and I looked over at the massive amount of Batman comics in the DC section, and I realised Batman is still pretty crucial to DC. Uh, in terms no, of- he is, but but you and I have read plenty of flashbacks and stuff, and especially Batman from like the seventies and the eighties. Mm. He's not godlike in that no, man. No, no, like you know what I mean. He he. Well, that was he, Morrison. He makes mistakes. He, yeah. yeah, but no, no. I mean, in the seventies and the eighties, though. Oh no, I mean the start of Bat God was in about ninety six because that was Morrison. He said he 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 made him in, just incredibly overpowered. Like that was really yeah, Morrison. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But the difference with Morrison, though, sometimes you can... It, one, it hasn't been done before, and so you can kind of enjoy it, get over it, but it's kind of been like that for, like, 30 years now, so I'm a bit... Yeah. I'm a bit sort of past it. But I just enjoy the older Batman stuff where 
you know, he, he does sometimes get his ass handed to him or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, the, the the bad guy sort of gets it over on him and all that. Now, and you could argue, oh, look, he got his ass handed. But, dude, the guy is literally running around supposedly with concussion, internal bleeding, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> all sorts of damage on the inside. But then he's, like, fucking surfing into back into the Earth's atmosphere <laughs> at the same time. And I'm like... I just don't picture 70s, 80s Batman, like, doing that. If, just... if I'd been an editor on this book, the only part I would have given a note on would have been the re-entry because I thought that was the... Just just how it was done, I thought that was very Indiana Jones in the fridge, personally. Um, and that would be my only note on what I think... Because I, I agree with you. I think that that was a little bit... If you don't... If he didn't have on, like, the... If he had on the Hell suit or the, the Hellbat suit or the Nightfall mm. suit... Something that was like crazy, or even if it was in like the cockpit of the the, the jet. Mm. Or what about you know the what suit? I mean? You know what would have been good if he if he'd had the suit on. You know the suit that he fought Superman in, the Superman suit, the big bulky one, the Kingdom mm. basically the Kingdom Come suit is what it is. If he'd had that, that would have been that would have been better. Something, but the fact that he just had on his normal suit, I actually thought to myself, "Oh, we're doing this, okay." All right, and I, you know, and it was well told. What did you think of that particular scene, Tash? Did you have a problem with that scene? Really, because I think I was caught up in the excitement, mm. but like I just was really enjoying it. But yeah, I do think it's a valid. I mean, I don't think I didn't think about oh well, this should be explained more, or this you know it shouldn't all just be built in. But retrospectively, yes, I agree. He seems to have an answer to every question, but. Um, I didn't, it didn't worry me particularly. That's fair. Yeah. Or one, thing I did, uh, one thing I did really like, which um, I, I, I'll tip my hat to, I like when him and Tim were about to fight in Antarctica, and I liked how he described that uh, uh, Dick would always go off the book. Um, uh, Jason just never practiced yeah. at all, but Tim is the one who, like, loved the teamwork, like, memorized it all. And was like, you know what I mean? Always wanted to be in sync with Batman. I quite like that description of those three Robins. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. actually pretty spot on. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. No, it was good stuff. All right, well, I mean, it's so you gave it seven. Tash and I, 9.5s. Tash, if you wanted to come on next week, I was going to suggest that we do the volume one of The Iron Man with Jerry Duggan, if you'd be interested. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. What do you think? I think yes, but mm. I just have to make sure because I'm going back to work for at least next week sure. till I confirm my surgery. But um, yes, that sounds good. If I should find out this weekend, if yeah. worst comes to absolute worst, can it be like the week of I course. get my surgery? Of course, because then I'm back home. Whatever week you're on, we will do the Iron Man. Okay, we'll we'll just okay, say cool. that doesn't need to be next week. Awesome. Now, um, I do want to say this has been an incredibly fun show. I'm glad to be back. Uh, the, the banter was was live. Richard's off the chain. Like, you you talk about how you're tired, Rich. You're more sprightly than ever. You've been pumping out the comments all, all show long. Uh, I've been holding the hot takes in for three weeks. Jesus Christ. Took a few, <laughs> it took a few by surprise at one point. I was, I was, I was kind of like doing I've been hit. saving some of them for you, Dave. Jesus. And I, and I fell into your web of lies regarding Duke. I suddenly hopped <laughs> on board the Duke fan, fan, fan boy wagon. Um, yeah, and I want to say, look, uh, shout out to the collective. We're proud members of the collective, along with you know Inner Demons, Brian Biggie. We've got Bob Buddy Ansky coming on tomorrow. We've got a question from Brian Biggie there. 
Uh, Capes of Lunatics, Into the Night, Last Sons of Krypton. The list goes on and on. Ghost Spider Group is one of my faves. Um, and obviously there's the Patreon, the supporters. We're just poor struggling artists. We're just day-to-day, is, you know, hard. I've got, got, you know, just hustling for coins on the sidewalk. Patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. Um, you know, help us out. Help us out. Help a brother out. Help a brother out. You know what I mean? Like, there's show running costs. There's hookers. There's blow. There's all sorts of stuff that needs to get factored in. Um, you know, I've got that 12-minute lesbian sex scene to shoot for Madam Webb. <laughs> Nothing comes cheap. Everything's got a price tag. That's one thing, Tash. Everything's got a price tag. Even my, you know, morals have one. Um, I Everything does. Um, so, yeah, on that note, Rich, anything you'd like to promote? Anything you'd like to say? Apologies? Anything? Uh, definitely no apologies. Um, good to be back. Um, uh, I will try and uh, spread my hot takes out throughout the year. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess so. Um, Tash, anything you'd like to say to the audience before we leave? I'm very, very glad to have been back for this show. Oh, it's, been a lot of fun. it's been an absolute pleasure, Tash, and a pleasure, Rich. Mm-hmm. I want to say thank you and good night. Good night.